been waiting for this day for a long time. Oh, boy! Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Disney Underground Podcast, your experimental podcast of tomorrow. I'm your host, Gene. Today is August 9th, 2021, and this is episode 47. We want to thank you guys in advance for taking this magical journey with us. We had a big show today. We have the one and only Jared Mariyama in the house. You know all his artwork. Jared is the artist behind Hipster Mickey, the Disney Cute Collection, as well as the Disney Home Goods Collection line as well. Uh, plus, the crew will be discussing our favorite Disney and, and Pixar animators, and also we will have all the latest Disney news and info. But first, let's do the Disney Underground Roll Call. The Disney Underground Roll Call. The besteners of the Midwesterners, Dan and Steph, what's up? Hey, how are you? Hi, ho! Hi, how you guys doing? Good. How good. are you? Excellente. Hey, we're hey. doing good. Hey. Down in great. down in sunny Miami, Joey and Sam. We both got them both in the house today, huh? Hey. Hey. And and it's funny because now Sammy and I are in completely separate parts of the house. She's like downstairs and I'm upstairs. Well, you haven't had a coffee yet, and you're probably cranky. There you go. Yeah. Aggressive. Very aggressive. Very, very aggressive. aggressive. Listen, he has to let on that he's locked down there. She <laughs> there locked you go. the door. You put me in timeout. Oh, listen, no. she's listen. She's multitasking. Okay, she's working on bows for orders. <laughs> she's doing this. Love it, love it. Keep it working, man. Yeah, I, that's how I do it. What's that? I yeah, we are tomorrow. Yeah, we're leaving tomorrow. Excited, gonna go up there and see Gene. So yeah. you know. By the way, Gene's wow. Gene's version of multitasking is doing this while he's eating. So yeah, that's, I'm, I'm that's his it's, version. It's the first thing I've eaten all day. Today. I was telling Dan before. I was like, I didn't even eat the, the the first off. I ordered from DoorDash my Chipotle. I haven't eaten all day. My and I have. I've been doing pretty good. But I was like, you know, what? I just need to eat something. I need something like hearty today. So I just gotta eat, and I haven't eaten yet. And it's what'd you get? I got a, a little burrito with uh, some. Some some chicken, some rice, oh. fajita veggies. Why haven't you eaten all day? <laughs> yeah, it's not. I was running around. Time. I was doing so, a bunch of stuff, and I just it's one thing where the day just gets away from you. Next thing you know, it's time to, yeah, to get on the air. Yeah, got a food prep. Take your stuff. Yep. With you. I, us- I usually do. I have the food prep. I just it was just too caught up, and I didn't bother doing it. But got it. so the guy goes, I I have to let him in from the from the gate. So I had to hit the nine. He calls me. And I hit the button. So the gate opens for him. And so I'm waiting. I'm waiting. These guys like, there's no way he's not here yet. Like I'm only like only so far into this complex. And then I get the picture of saying how he delivered it to my door. I'm like that's not my door man so i have to oh. i have to hit him back and so they they fixed it and everything else and and i still gave the guy five stars because i'm i'm, I'm a tremendous guy and i i, I forgave him but yeah so and it's cold because yeah, and it's cold yeah it house. is cold i complained the day before it we, did, we it, it completely left it at the wrong house but let's give him five stars sure <laughs> i felt bad well, he did come back he did yeah, come back just, you kind of had to though right i mean yeah but and it just, was cold literally said yeah. you're setting up other customers for major disappointment with that you know yes. what i'm realizing Same. you know what i'm realizing i'm just a sucker that's a problem i'm a sucker <laughs> Hey, by the way, did yeah, you guys tremendous is yeah. But hey, did you guys see those birds that I sent you the video of the other day? Yes. How about yeah. that? I've already got them hanging out over here. I, they're not peacocks. I don't know what they are. Cranes? They're kind of tall. Yeah, they're what like are they? Feet, they're like four feet tall, those those birds. I don't know what they are. They might as well be ostriches for all I could tell. But they, yeah. What do they I, like to eat? I, I figured by now you'd be able, oh, I figured you'd be able to, I figured you'd be able to pluck a feather, put on your tongue, taste. You could tell I don't what get it that, is. I don't they know. don't let me get that close. But I heard them this morning again. And I was like, and I, I jumped right out of bed and I ran out. Threw some blueberries out there for the yard for them, and and uh, yeah, welcome. 
jumped out of bed. Well, yeah, because I heard them. I could hear them making noise. So I was like, oh, shoot, that's the birds. Let me go run to the door so I can see if they're in the front yard. And they were sure enough, they were like at the neighbor's house. And they did. So I went, got some blueberries, threw them out, and they came running over. And it's the paper uh, boy. What the heck? <laughs> He's throwing blueberries at him. Oh, sorry. Guys throwing food at me in the mornings, mom. (laughs) (laughs) So how's everybody else's week been? Uh, Good. Really busy. (laughs) A lot of Disney news this week. We'll have a lot to talk about in Disney news. Yeah. Some big big stuff, too. Some some good stuff. Okay. So before we get into the news, let's thank our sponsor, Magical Travels by Brian. The Disney Underground is proudly brought to you by Magical Travel by Brian. Contact Brian to help you book your next vacation. Magical Travel by Brian can also help can also help you book your next Disney vacation, Universal vacations, all-inclusive Caribbean resorts, cruises, corporate travel. They can help you book your destination wedding, even Disney destination weddings. They're going to get you the best possible price, and that's a promise. And you know what the best part is? Dan, what's the best part? It is free. It certainly is. It's free. It's a, And that's a promise. And you know what? It doesn't cost a cent for any info. Just reach out to them and, and get that info. It's uh, You're going to reach out to them. You want to hit them up at the website, www.magicaltravelbybrian.com. Brian at magicaltravel.com is his email. And his phone number is 1-800-883-1535, extension double nickel. And that's Brian, B-R-I-A-N. And with that, let's head over to the news. double nickel. Let's head over to the news. Okay, so let's uh, kick it over to Joey for the news this week. What do you got, Joey? All right, so first up, uh, Lucasfilms just announced a new original special coming to our screens this Halloween. Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. Per StarWars.com, the all-new animated special continues the rich legacy of collaboration between Lucasfilms and the Lego group and is a seasonal celebration of the villainous dark side of the Star Wars galaxy. Just in time for Halloween. Um, Star Wars Terrifying Tales is the second Disney Plus original special from the Lego and Star Wars collaboration. Last year saw Disney Plus release the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, which was pretty good. Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales releases October 1st exclusively on Disney Plus. Have you seen the poster for this? No, it's pretty sweet. It's got a yeah. tombstone and a, a arm, you know, coming out of the ground with a lightsaber. Yeah. Oh, oh that's that was cool. awesome. Okay. The, the, the I really liked one was good. It was. I like I like when they do yeah. this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it'll be cool to see it, especially, you know, when you see stuff like this, especially since they're launching early, mm-hmm. kind of get you in the mood. Obviously, we're already in Halloween mood. I think we're getting I am. There. true. Yeah. I'm decorating already. Really? I am. <laughs> Okay. All right. So for those of you who like to collect the uh, Disney keys, then you're going to want to head over to shop Disney to check out some new Marvel collectible keys that are now available. There's a Captain America 80th anniversary special edition collectible key that also comes in a commemorative 80th anniversary window display box and a Captain America 80th anniversary collectible pin, which is a miniature version of the special edition collectible key. There's also a new collection called Marvel collectible mystery key in each blind box. It will contain one randomly selected key from six overall designs in the collection. You cannot tell which key you got until you open the box, hence the blind box. Um, the complete, I mean, the complete series has a collectible key for Iron Man, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Groot, Ant Man, and a mystery key. There will also be a couple new collectible keys coming to Shop Disney on August 16th, so be on the lookout for that. One of the keys is inspired by Alice in Wonderland in honor of the film's seventh anniversary, 70th anniversary, and the other key will be inspired by the Haunted Mansion. So 
I don't like the blind box. It, things are too expensive to be having. Them. You know, if you really want all of them, that's a bummer. I don't yeah. like that. All right. Next up, for those of you that collect Pandora charms, and boy, have I spent enough on those over the years, then you should check you should check out the new Haunted Mansion charm in Uptown Jewelers at Disney's Magic Kingdom. The new Madame Leota Pandora charm looks like Madame Leota's gravestone from the Haunted Mansion queue. And on the back of the charm, it says Madame Leota's epitaph. So if the charm doesn't put you in the Halloween mood, then you may want to check out the Hocus Pocus Pandora charm that is also available. That new charm is a silver disc and it features the Sanderson sisters in their signature color cast in colorful enamel on the backside. And it says, welcome to sisterhood. Welcome to the sisterhood in purple enamel. The Hocus Pocus Pandora charm can also be found in Uptown Jewelers at Dizzy's Magic Kingdom as well. Is that the one you're getting, Joey? Welcome uh, to sisterhood. Yep. We're going to yeah. get both of them. Yeah, probably. <laughs> wow, she's all over it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Trust me. Um, yeah, she had. I remember getting those things. Sammy's got a couple of fully loaded bracelets of those things. It's insane to me how expensive those things I are. I really think you need a welcome to the sisterhood t-shirt, Joey. Yeah. No. I really <laughs> like I like that idea. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It might might Let's be a hard happen. might be a hard pass for me. Hard pass. <laughs> hard pass. I already have one. Oh, oh sweet. yeah. <laughs> what a surprise. No, ex- exactly. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got, uh, let's see, there are a few new pairs of Mickey and Minnie mini ear headbands that are now available. The first one was found over at Il Bel Cristallo at the Italian Pavilion in Epcot. The Italian mini ear headband has red ears with the Italian landmarks on one ear and mini on a Vespa for all you Luca Luca fans. Yeah, for all you Luca fans. The Vespa on the other ear and a double bow with a black and white polka dot bow over a bow of black sequence. So the inside of the headband is red and on the outside is black with Ciao Bella uh, written on red or written in red on one side and this headband. So on the Shop Disney, you can find another pair of ears that will get you in the mood for Halloween. The Mickey Mouse Jack-O-Lantern ear headbands have ear padded fabric Jack-O-Lanterns with their own padded fall leather ears. And the headband is padded and covered with fall leather. Those are pretty cool. I've seen the, I've seen those. I've seen pictures of those already. Oh yeah. Um, I like the mini ones actually, which I don't normally like. Yeah. It's kind of black and red silhouette vibe. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's cool. I love that they've incorporated the Vespa. Seriously, and obviously anybody that's seen Luca gets it, but if they don't, you know, especially being in Italy, so that makes sense. Great movie. Um, oh yeah, we were watching it uh, again yesterday. Aiden yeah. really likes it. Yeah, it's good. I love it. So Luca Golden Book. They got one of those. No. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So next up, Disney Plus is releasing its original series, Doogie Kamaloa, MD, and starts streaming September 8th. With new episodes premiering every Wednesday, Disney Plus also revealed the series title sequence features a new rendition of the iconic Doogie Hauser MD theme song reimagined and performed by music composer Wendy Wang and world-renowned ukulele player Ukulele. 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 Oh. Renowned <laughs> ukulele player. I didn't even realize. So, uh, J- Jake Shimba- Shimbakuro. You got that. You sorry, nailed that one. I was going to say, sorry if I butchered that. No, I think that's exactly how you say it. So Doogie Kamaloa is a coming-of-age drama inspired by the hit medical series Doogie Howser, MD. It follows Layla Doogie Kamaloa, which is a 16-year-old prodigy juggling a budding medical career and life as a teenager. With the support of her caring and comical Ohana family, and friends, Lahela is determined to make the most of her teenage years and forge her own path. I guess they're trying to do like a, a redo of Doogie Howser. Yeah, but I, I, you know what? I bet you Neil Patrick Harris has, has a really good relationship with Disney. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him reprise yeah, his they, role as Doogie Howser for like an episode year or there as yeah. like a guest as a guest spot. As, you know what I'm saying? Doogie Howser now like 30 years later, you know, mm-hmm. visiting, you know, at a conference or some something like that. Who knows? But that'd be good. 
All right, next up, uh, Disney's working on a live-action remake of Flash Gordon. Wow, throwback. I love uh, that. Famed big time with famed Marvel director Taika Watiti. He signed on to write and direct the project. Producer John Davis shared with Collider, Taika is writing it. It was a movie that was a huge influence on him growing up, and it was one of his favorite movies. So he initially said to me, let's do it animated. I said, okay. And then we got into it and started developing it. And he said, no, let's do it live action. I said, well, even better. So this will be interesting. Don't you love yeah. the dialogue here that this guy yeah. did? With I know. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. He said, no, live movie. action. I said, good. Okay, let's move. You know, let's We're doing it. I was a fan yeah. of the original. Oh, was, yeah. Right? Quarterback of the Jets. Remember? Flash boom, 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 boom. Oh, oh yeah. Are they going to Are they gonna include a they got to. song, I wonder? Got to hope. That's like a staple. I mean, that's like everybody that's seen it knows What that. was the bad guy in that again? Ming? I think so. He, yeah. Who's the actor that played that again? He played Jesus Christ in the greatest story of his whole, too. He, I, I have never watched it, but he's got a pretty brutal documentary on himself, and it's like kind of really? sad. Max von Sydow, right? I don't remember. Yeah, that's Max von Sydow. He was Jesus in the greatest story of his whole. I don't know. No, don't know. no he was. Okay. That's great. <laughs> it's like, no, you're wrong. He was. <laughs> I can't really be wrong because I my favorite movies? didn't say anything uh, <laughs> to contradict it, but okay. Fantastic movie. <laughs> How old is that movie? Oh my God. Oh, Great Story Ever Told? It's like yeah. the 60s? That's that movie. You've ever seen it? It's like, there's like a million people in that movie. Everybody that was in Hollywood was in that movie back then. Oh. Charlton Heston. Um, oh, that's the, te- yeah. Yes, of yeah. course. It's well, that like- was Ten Commandments. He, he played um, uh, John the Baptist. Oh. Huge cast, though. Really good. I'm surprised you haven't seen that. Me, so. too. Oh, it's definitely a class. You got to see it. I, I, I watch it like every Easter. It's like my thing that I watch every Easter. And I'll watch it sometimes just throughout the year just because I love it. It's a good movie. It's long, but it's good. Hmm. Check it All right, we'll check it out. Kelly Savalas is in it. Remember him? Yeah. Kelly Savalas. He plays Pontius Pilate. Yeah, I oh, remember that. Oh, that's a good. Uh, he's so hot. Telly Savalas. What? Kojak. Who loves yeah, you, baby? Like, Man, oh, you, you kind of have a Kojak vibe, though. You get the bald head. Yeah, why did you do that face? Yeah, I, I guess that's Kojak everything about him. I'm really offended. <laughs> oh, here we go. Because I look, I have the features. Not everybody that's bald is Kojak. <laughs> no, you're right. My bad. You wouldn't know, you know, because you don't know how I feel. Yeah, that's a great point, Dan. But I'll tell you what I'll tell you what I do know the answer to. Let me ask you oh, this. Here we go. Oh, oh god. And this is gonna be a good one. What is a sorcerer's favorite subject in school? A, a what? Oh, a sorcerer. A sorcerer. What oh, is a sorcerer? Saucer. No, yeah. a sorcerer or a wizard's favorite subject in school. Look at the look away. Look at oh, oh he's getting ready. Oh, he can't yeah. even he can't even he can't even drop and clap quick oh, enough here. He's so excited. Spelling. Oh my god. That's right. Wow. All right, guys. Um, I'm taking off. Bye. Uh, Sam. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so wait, wait, wait. We're really gonna do the double <sighs> dad joke because well, you... no, this isn't even a dad joke, but I got a question. This is, this, is, this is more of like a scientific thing. When does a dad joke become a dad joke? Is that when a I'll say no, I'll tell you exactly when. When the punchline becomes apparent. Oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. oh we gotta leave. I'm there. back, I'm baby. <laughs> but a vengeance. Oh. We got to lean back on that one. To lean back, the headphone Ow. flip. <laughs> oh man! Oh, wow. I, the headphone flip would be like the like the equivalent to the bat flip on a home run ball. You're right. I should start doing that. <laughs> that was kids. That don't was encourage a, him. Let me tell you something. Nice, that was a nice one-two punch. I missed it yesterday or last week, rather. It feels so nice to hit you back with like two back-to-back home runs right now. It, was, oh, it felt good to be. I'm sorry. What was the last part of that that you said? <laughs> 
back-to-back home I thought runs. by accident you said home runs. Yeah, they were home runs. Those were good. Eh, I think it was two foul balls, actually. Oh. <laughs> I want to vent something to everybody right now. Not just you guys, but I want to call out my family at home. Really? I want to call them out. So my wife just sent me a picture. They're eating dinner. Now, we live in New York, where I've always said you can get better Italian food in New York than you can get you can get in Italy itself, right? I, they sent me some photos of what they're eating. What do you think they're eating, Joey? What would be the most disgraceful thing any oh. any self-respecting Italian should eat? Oh, wait, wait. Is it actual Italian or you're saying they're eating something they shouldn't be? Like, that's non-Italian. No, it's Italian food. But what's the oh. worst version of Italian food that, that if you're really, if you eat Old fashioned Italian food. You're not eating this. Oh, Olive Garden. No, I, I can pass on Olive. I'll, I'll give on, in on Olive Garden because their breadsticks are pretty good. Yes. Um, yeah. Let me think. Oh. What would be? Oh, what would be? What would, I'm trying to think. What? Who else is like the? Uh, I'll give you a hint. It comes in a can. Chef Boyard. They are eating Chef Boyard tea right now. <laughs> I wish I could show you the picture, but there'll probably be a glare. There's my. There's my. Oh, there's I can see it. Boyfriend. Um. There's my daughter's boyfriend, and they, they sent me a picture of them eating Chef Boyard tea. Why? Why would they do that? I go, I go, Chef Boyardee, you should be ashamed. She goes to clarify, sir. Me, he, meaning my daughter's boyfriend, Taylor, shout out to Taylor, he's a good kid. He brought this blasphemy into my house. So even she wasn't, she wasn't down with it. He brought this blasphemy into my house. I got, I tell you what, I didn't see that until just now. New York. I can't even believe you can buy that. In I New like York. Chef Boyardee. Who was buying it? My daughter's boyfriend bought a couple of cans and they worked in the house and they were eating it. It's like, hey, we were going to have Italian tonight. We're good. <laughs> hey, what are you bringing over to the party? Couple of cans of Chef Boyardee beefaroni. <laughs> did anybody ever see? The, did anybody ever seen the Seinfeld episode where he feeds the horse beefaroni yes. to the cat? No. It's uh no. It's not called beefaroni though. It's beefarino. 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 It's yeah. beefarino. Yeah. Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to great... ju- you want to jun- you want to junior mint? <laughs> <laughs> I love like the part at it's the end of the. <laughs> At the end of the episode, the guy, the doctor, because the guy who got healed, the doctor, oh, was, yeah. it must have been something from heaven. And so Kramer goes to the doctor, Junior Mint, meaning like Junior Mint, you want one, but yeah. it was a Junior Mint. Uh, beefaroni. It's Remember when, when Kramer, he tells him, yeah, he's taking a turn for the worse. <laughs> it's when Kramer was crazy. Carriage and giving carriage rides and the horse is farting. Rusty! Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's trying to do that. something nice and George's parents are riding in it. Like, <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh. that's what he was trying to trying to sneak the marble ride back into the house yeah oh. God, so many oh. good we need to do a seinfeld episode yeah all right all right what else we got actually we go to sam now right uh, yeah, yeah we I'm, do. I'm, I'm so if you have been looking forward to the release of the new miss marvel series coming to disney plus then you should know that you're going to have to wait a little longer. The new Marvel series was expected to premiere on the streaming service by the end of the year, but it has now been pushed back to early 2022. No reason was given on why there was a delay. I don't know. There's so many many other series. I'm probably not going to care. Is that live action? That's that's live action, right? I don't think so, is it? Oh, is it going to be animated? I thought so. Maybe not. I mean, because I would think if it's animated, why would they have to be been in delay? I could see if it was live action being in delay, but right. That's oh. right, because there's no work involved in animation. <laughs> no, no, I mean, but like oh. like no, but you can still like it's not like they have sets locked down because of COVID or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what um, I'm saying. It's gotta be live action then, right? I would have that's Maybe. what I'm saying. That's what I imagine. Maybe. But also to celebrate the Disney Plus and the theatrical release of the Jungle Cruise movie this past weekend, Sunshine Tree Terrace released a special flow in its honor. It's the backside of water flow, which features cotton candy and vanilla soft serve, Sprite, and a sour belt. I actually got to see it. I'm not a fan of cotton candy, but I'm definitely willing to try it. 
You know what? I heard that the cotton candy flavoring isn't really that strong. It mostly just tastes like vanilla. I heard. In fact, who was it? Neville Neverland. Shout out to him. He he had a whole review on it on his YouTube channel, and he was basically saying that you don't really taste the cotton candy. It's very the cotton candy flavor is is weak. You act, it just tastes like a lot of vanilla ice cream, really. So, so it's kind of like the Peter Pan float, where you don't really taste the the lime. Yeah, well, you taste it. Yeah, you more taste more taste the vanilla, and then I think it's mixed with Sprite, right? Mm-hmm, so, correct. Yeah. So yeah, so it's, it's you taste the vanilla and the Sprite. Okay, so. I'm definitely willing to try it. But also, we may be dealing with the heat of Central Florida in August, but it's already starting to look like fall at Disney's Magic Kingdom. Guests can see Main Street USA getting decked out in autumn buntings and themed pumpkins. I'm so excited! Each restaurant and shop on Main Street have their own themed pumpkin. So come down and check them out to start getting in the Halloween mood. Well, a little surprise grape here. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, they're not that great. Really? Oh, the, oh you're talking about the no? I am actually a little let down on these pumpkins. Some are good, some are not. Well, how's the bunting? What? How's the bunting though? Is the bunting at least good? Because <laughs> there's nothing I hate more than lackluster bunting. I'm just gonna be honest. What in the hell go. is going on? He's uh, Dan's like, oh, we are. What? The buntings, the out, the autumn buntings. Not sure, Gene. Okay, all right. I just <laughs> thought maybe you, I thought maybe you saw that too, and I was just curious. No, because you agree, right? There's nothing worse than a lackluster bunting, right? I mean, oh, or am I wrong? There's one thing worse. All right, you don't have to. There's one thing worse. You don't have to, you oh, don't here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, and you don't have to tell us what you think. What's worse? <laughs> I know. I know the answer, and everyone at home knows the answer. It rhymes with padwokes. <laughs> That's a heck of a, a ride. To be honest with you, it's better than I thought he was going to say. I thought he was going to say Gene. So yeah. <laughs> I'll take the dad joke. Oh, man. Hang on a second. I decided to ease up at the last minute. <laughs> yeah. You, you pumped the brakes? Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate no, it. I just I thought this was a great idea, but at least mm-hmm. the ones that I've seen, I've seen probably, I don't know, maybe 15. Some are just kind of just not that great. Not a lot of work in them. Could it be just like mm-hmm. the be- just because it's early still? Maybe they just put like some beginner ones out and then they'll spruce it up well, more so as there's like a restroom one and an ice cream cone one and uh-huh. then there's faces and it's it's like i said some are good and others are just kind of to me a little sloppy for disney yeah you know we have huge expectations when it comes to disney mm-hmm. decorations well hopefully the bunting is spectacular and kind of fixes it a little bit like we won't we to halt the story gene <laughs> <laughs> just saying way to halt the story grandpa <laughs> <laughs> What, what else we got, Sam? So this was my favorite. You can now pre-order your Launchfly Disney Winnie the Pooh Halloween mini backpack at Hot Topic. It features Pooh and his best friends, Tigger, Eeyore, and Piglet out trick-or-treating in their Halloween costume. It features the four costume faves on the front under a sky and full moon. Did you look at it? I haven't. It's really, um, it's cute, man. I'm not allowed to get any more bags, but we will be there on Saturday. <laughs> And I do like to go shopping by myself. So, so it's, uh, it's I like won't be surprised. Prof- it's like a Uh-oh. profile shot of them walking all in a row. It's really cool, I thought. Huge. Yeah. Well. Uh-oh. Joey better right. keep an eye on her this weekend. Yeah. Oh, he better. He said <laughs> I can have um, some t- shopping time. So we'll see you, what I pick up. Did you see the other ones? The glow-in-the-dark mini lounge mm-hmm. fly backpack. It's like white but glows. Oh, the ghost but one? With that the it's so cute. Well, what about the one that's the crossbody bag and it's like a Mickey head pumpkin? It's all like that leather look. Yes. In the top comes off like a pumpkin would come off. Oh, oh, I did. And I saw the new Hocus Pocus one where the 
the little cat that it moves you can take it in and out Ooh. it's so cool i mean i haven't seen it okay i don't know i don't, I don't These know guys are out of control <laughs> these designs <I> <laughs> all right what else we got the Nightmare Before Christmas has official advent calendar called Ghoulish Delights. Counting down to Christmas has never been more fun than with this countdown calendar based on Disney's Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. This special countdown calendar opens to reveal 25 gifts that include mini books, note cards, ornaments, and other surprises to take readers through the 25 days of the happiest holiday of the year. This hardcover spectacular is available on Amazon now for pre-order from October 12th, and it's only $26.99. It looked kind of cool, I thought. I did see it. It's a cute idea. Yeah. It is super cute. I love. We love Nightmare Before Christmas. I'll have to check it out. Jean's just going to go to uh, Aldi and get the dollar chocolate <laughs> version. <laughs> I like to get the, uh, the, what is it, Palmer's? The Palmer's ones. Oh, yeah. he's got a brand he needs. Oh, my gosh. He's a snooty advent calendar. <laughs> no, you know what? Actually, we actually have an advent calendar at home, but it's one of the ones where it's like, it's nice. It's like hand carved and wood and stuff. And nice. we always put like, so we'll buy like special when the kids were little, we'd buy like special, like lint, the lint chocolates, like the truffle chocolates and stuff. We put like special oh. things there for the kids and every day would be a little something different, but we would, we would always do our own just because it was like every- a nice, it's nice. Like it looked like a, like a, uh, like a Christmas cabin kind of a thing. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Remember when Billy Bob taped <laughs> a bunch of stuff into the advent calendar and bad Santa? It was, what was it? Candy corn, like a peanut <laughs> yeah, or candy something. Corn. It's all ripped up and scotch tape. <laughs> the kid goes, "This is a candy corn." He goes, "They're not all winners, kid." <laughs> That's a great movie. Good one, Gene. Very that underrated a movie. Great movie. Very touching. That movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I haven't seen part two, but I don't. I don't know how that was, but one was one was excellent. The, the sandwiches. What do you want? Sandwiches. Your, how much lettuce do you want in your sandwich? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a good movie. Really good. <clears throat> all right. What else we got? Disney Jungle Cruise had a great opening weekend and has debuted at number one. The movie has made an estimated total of more than 90 million with 34.2 million coming from the domestic box offices and 27.6 million internationally. The film has also made 30 million from Disney Plus Premier Access. Jungle Cruise will be available to stream for free with Disney Plus subscription November 12th. It's a long time from now. Are you ready for gripe time? I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. We all agree. We love this movie. We were talking very Here's much. Here's my gripe about this movie and Premiere Plus, Premiere Access. I do not find this fair. Gene goes and buys it for $29.99. You guys probably did too. We did. You can mm-hmm. watch it as many times as you want, anytime you want, forever, basically. Right. I mm-hmm. go to the theater and spend more than that on tickets and I have, I can't get it on Disney, on, on Disney plus not good. This has to change because so I'm getting penalized for going and supporting the theaters and yep. Disney is coming off. Like they're encouraging this. So my solution is there needs to be some kind of system in place that you can get credit for your movie ticket expense to at least take off of the price of getting the premiere access. Like a like a purchase code or something. Our our tickets were seventeen fifty a piece. Okay. Just the ticket. That's yeah. So I spend thirty five bucks. Thirty five bucks just on get, the ticket. You guys get to see it a million times and I only got to see it the once. You know, I'm I never did. I'm not saying I, I never thought about it that way, but yeah, yeah it's as, terrible for as many people as you guys want. This, remember, this is only two people. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, remember this, though. Keep in mind, 
And I know it's a ways away because when it goes from when the way it was before, when it would go to a theater and then it would go to, you know, DVD release or, you know, Blu-ray, I should say, or I guess a streaming service like this. So you will eventually get to see it. You're just going to have to wait, obviously, until November. So I guess kind of like the original, you buy it or I guess you buy the ticket, you see the movie and then you wait for it to release where we would have to usually buy it again on Blu-ray or whatever if you wanted it for home. But I guess in the streaming service, you'll get to stream it for free. It's just you're going to have to wait till November. But I see what you're saying. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense because before when you, you know, if you wanted to wait to buy the DVD or Blu-ray, you weren't getting it early you had to go to the theater to see the movie i'm not opposed to the early access it's just i shouldn't have to pay any more than my 35 dollars already when you guys only paid the 30 in the first place can i tell you what if they ever made a change can i tell you what i think the change would be if anything they wouldn't give you free access to it they would just bump up the price of the premier access that's what if they were ever going to make a change to make it more fair i think i think if they would i don't think they would ever change it where they'd let you then use like your your ticket as like a purchase code to get it on Disney Plus. I think if any change that would ever come, they would look at it like th- their their ticket doesn't get them a, a free copy of it, but maybe we bump up the the at home price to like $50, let's say. I could I see them that's doing that's not going to be good either for I don't think it, I don't think there is a good option to it to be honest with you, but I I see that as more something that they would do than than giving anybody a free access code to well, it. Well, let me it. bring this up. It's not free access for a ticket. I'm see, I'm even cuz what if somebody goes to a matinee and whatever? It, I just want the value because if you buy a Disney DVD or Blu-ray, you get a little code in there that you can put in for your mm-hmm. Disney rewards to get back different uh, souvenirs or movie tickets or whatever. However, if you go to the theater, you can also turn in your tickets and get the exact same points for going to the theater. Right. It should work the same way. Yeah. I mean, I'm, let's wait for see if there's going to be another lawsuit because they still haven't really addressed how they're going to handle that with, with a lot of these actors, too. Right. Something tells me Dwayne Johnson is not going to sue Disney. He might see the big picture and say, you know what? We, we have a lot more going on. This, is gonna, this, is, this could be a franchise. Or they did something or they worked out something with him. That's possible. It is Disney, though. So. Oh, yeah. He's behind the scenes and so many more things than I ever th- realized. Yeah. I do think but- that going forward, this is something that's going to always be, though, that they'll always release it on Disney Plus the same time. I mean, dude, they're making, I that, look at the yeah. money. Look at the money they're making. I think that's I, I think even after everything is back to normal, I think that's still going to be the process. More and more people are not going to go to the movies and theaters. I I know. And that's the thing that sucks. I don't want that to happen. I don't want that's to happen either because I want the option. How can it but not? What? I said, I don't want that neither because I, I do want the option, but I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be a fraud. I'll be honest. I would probably say more, maybe seven times out of 10, I'll probably just order whatever well, it is at home and watch it at home. Yeah. Because think about it, Dan, just like you said, you're like, all right, so do I, do I pay the, th-? assuming it stays the same, do I pay the 30 bucks so we can watch it from the comfort of our home and, and then we get it, we can watch it whenever we want. Or do I pay more to go see it once? Right. So, well, for me, it's not even the money. It's do I feel like do I feel like going out to a theater? Or do I want to just kind of hang out at the house and just watch it on my couch? And, and no, agree. That's what I'm saying. But I mean, I'm just thinking about it monetarily. Mm-hmm. It's like you're you're asking to pay more to get one viewing of it, where I could pay less, stay home, and continue to watch it whenever I want. I don't know, man. I can see both sides of it, but I do agree with you in that it stinks because the theaters are the ones that are going to hurt the most out of this. Um, The theater owners, the moviegoers, and it's just, it might it might change that whole thing. I don't know forever, but because it sounds so drastic, but it really might change the whole landscape of this. Oh, I I think it definitely will. I think the amount of people that are going to like us that went to the movie and then buy the premiere access is probably a pretty low amount. 
So why make me feel bad about you guys when I've already spent the money on you and supported the film anyway, and I've spent a ton of money on top of it. I mean, getting the pop, could, popcorn and tickets was you're right. like over 60 bucks. Oh, easy. Yeah. And so easy. I've already spent the money. You, it's, you're not going to lose any money. All you're doing is having a real big Disney fan sit here with a sour taste in their mouth for almost three months until they can see it on their subscription mm-hmm. that yeah. they also paid you for. Yeah, yeah. Right. You I, 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 let me ask you a question real quick. How, how packed was the theater? It was, well, it was an IMAX. So it's a lot of people don't necessarily go to those. I looked at the other the regular theater and I'd say it was probably half. The IMAX was probably a third. See, that's what know. I'm saying. So like, that's not even like it, it without the early access, that's probably a full house as it just, you know, it's just opening up. Would you wait? Right. Would you agree? At least the standard theaters. I'm sure. that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Not maybe the IMAX because it's pricier and stuff, but I think the standard theaters, I think those, this is enough of a blockbuster where I think for the first like week or two, that's a full house, you know? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's, I don't even know what the answer is, um, but I, and like kind of like Joey said, I could see both both ends of it. I could see that they're going to and, they, and it is like we said, it's an evolving it's an evolving medium. Um, I don't think it's ever going to change in the sense of I think they'll, they'll figure out different ways to do it. Deals with the actors, whether or not they're going to raise the price or not raise the price. But I think that one thing that's going to be here for good is the fact that you can always watch a movie from home now instead of going to the theater. I don't think that's going to change. I think that's I think that was something that came out of COVID. And I think that's going to stay. I think that's what the business is going to be going forward but i think they have come to grips with that like i i get it i don't like it because i i want to support the theaters but it really isn't part of my argument because i'm not saying they shouldn't get the premiere access i'm just saying why don't i get it as well when i already paid my basic premiere access to the theater Mm -hmm. it's not like the theater is getting much of my ticket price Mm-hmm. All their money is being made on the concessions. Right. Yeah. I so think a good way I, I don't do understand this, that. I think a good way to do this, really, if you think about it, and, and Disney would actually probably still make even more money. So what they would do is for someone like Dan, they say, okay, and they, they could even advertise this. They can say, if you have a Disney Plus subscription and you go to the theater, you will get a you know a code that you can use, which would then give you access at home. And yeah, then they like say- like buying you, a vinyl record, you get a code for the digital copy. Right. So you do that, right? So then what does that do? That incentivizes people to maybe go to the theater and then sign up maybe on, on Disney Plus if they want to get the subscription so they could see stuff at home. I don't mm-hmm. know. It might actually get them more subscriptions. Not that they're not already coming in in droves, but it might actually double as that. But someone like Dan, who's got a Disney Plus subscription already, so you're already spending money monthly with Disney. So if you're spending the money on the movie, then, you know, you could reward that that person with you're spending the money, which you would have at home anyway, so they can give you a code for it. And that would work because I think they say, hey, look, if we have a subscription, we can actually go to the movie theater and they'll give us just like, yeah, yeah it might work that way. That, yeah, you know, I, know. I can see that. So you're basically saying you would purchase it on you'd purchase the premier access on Disney Plus, but that would give you a code to go see it at the theater at a discounted rate. Is that what you're saying? You could do you could do it either or. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. So, Steph, what do we got? in the news this week i've got something so exciting disneyland (laughs) resort has finally released more information about the magic key that we've been hearing so much about which is replacing the annual passes there will be four magic key types with a variety of prices and benefits first up is the highest level which will be called a dream key and that will cost $13.99 $13.99 per year. That's $13.99. One- I'm in. That's 1,000 
$399 per year. And it has no blackout dates. And it allows you to have six theme park reservations at one time that can be booked 90 days in advance. The Dream Key is the only tier that includes parking. Dream Key holders will also receive 20% off merchandise and 15% off select dining. I think the key term here is select. Um, Question here on the... On the passes previously, did they all have parking included in them? I thought they. I thought it was included um, before. That's kind of what I'm thinking because uh, I saw a lot of people upset yeah. about it. And I'm guessing that's why. Okay, what's okay. the second one? Well, the next one is the next tier down, and that one is called the Believe Key, and that will cost $949 per year. Guests with the Believe Key will also be able to make six reservations at a time, but there will be some blackout dates. Believe Key holders will get 50% off parking and 10% off merchandise and select dining. The Enchant Key is the next tier down, and that will allow you to have four reservations at a time, and will have even more blackout dates. Enchant key holders will get 10% off merchandise and select dining. The lowest tier is the Imagine key, and that will cost $399. $399. The Imagine key is only available to residents of Southern California, and it will only allow you to have two theme park reservations at a time and will have the most blackout dates. Imagine key holders will also get 10% off merchandise and select dining. These magic keys will be available for purchase starting August 25th, 2021, and they can begin to be used that very same day. There will also be a monthly payment plan that will be exclusively for California residents. Guests will be able to buy and manage their magic key through Disneyland.com or the Disneyland app. Magical key passes will have a no-show policy which requires guests to cancel a park reservation by 11.59 p.m. Pacific time on the day before their planned visit. After a guest has three no-shows with in a 90-day period, guests will be unable to make more park reservations for a 30-day period. I just noticed we did not say how much the Enchant key is, and that is $649. Oh, yeah, I didn't say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It was just left off. So, if that information wasn't exciting enough, Disney has also revealed some exciting information for guests who purchased their magic keys within the first 66 days of the past system's release, which will start again on August 25th. Disney Parks blog said this in quotes Be among the first for a limited time. We will celebrate the charter members that become. Magic key holders within the first 66 days as we celebrate 66 years of Disneyland Resort. These guests will receive a special welcome package that will include unique items such as a premium branded pin, celebratory button, magnet, and more. Plus, magic key holders who enter Disneyland Park will also be celebrated with access to a limited time experience at Stargate. Starcade at Tomorrowland, <laughs> which all which begins September 1st, where they can enjoy charging stations, a special photo opportunity, and other fun surprises. Guests can purchase their magic keys by visiting either the Disneyland website or just by going on the Disneyland app. That's super cool. I'm surprised they did this kind of yeah. everybody's so like eager to buy them anyway. <laughs> like right. yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. I like I like the 66 tie-in. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I do too. I I wish there would have been one added thing here, though. I wish they would have had limited edition, this deal only magic band. Oh, yeah. 
Mm, that would have been cool. Good Just one, as yeah. another added, you know. Oh, yeah. Story. All right. Going over to Magic Kingdom. It's a small world reopened for a short from a short refurbishment in late July with a more colorful queue area. The mainly white sets have been recolored in shades of pink, green, and blue. Now, obviously, for the 50th anniversary coming up. I don't like it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I just it. went I right into it. it. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't. I knew it. I like it white and gold. Yeah, that's my question. Do you think they'll paint it back after the 50th celebration is complete? That's a good question. I don't know. It, it looks it looks nice, but I know what you're saying. There's a there's a certain feel to that all white classic. Yeah. It loses yeah. that historical traditionalist that, that it had. Yeah. I get we'll it. Yeah, I guess. There's a new haunted mansion pet feeding mat. <laughs> this wow. new mat pairs perfectly with the haunted mansion pet bowl we found last week. The mat has the iconic purple wallpaper printed in the background. The words feed me foolish mortals float above the singing bus from the haunted mansion's graveyard. You can find it at the Emporium along with other locations. We're guessing. <laughs> I need this. Me too. I like it. For needs peds? Yeah, there you go. Needs it. I like that they didn't do the wallpaper mortals line only. Mm -hmm. They brought in the bus for a a little different look. It's cool. Yeah, bring back the bus. Walt Disney Animation Studios has announced that a new location in Vancouver, Canada will be taking over the production of a long-term Disney Plus series. The location in Burbank, California will focus on feature films. Walt Disney Animation Studios is hope is hoping the new location in Vancouver will be open by January 2022. And the first project they will be working on will be the Moana series that was originally scheduled for a 2023 release, but now has been delayed until 2024. Legendary Imagineer Bob Gurr posted on Instagram that he is filming interviews with 2020 for an upcoming special on the Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary. Bob Gurr, as many of you know, is a Disney legend and Imagineer who was hired by Walt Disney to work with West Enterprises back in 1954. He has designed the Autopia cars, the monorail, Matterhorn bobsleds, the Omnimover ride system used in the Haunted Mansion, and so much more. Is that it? (laughs) (laughs) Those little things? His handprint is left in nearly everything that moves in one way or another at a Disney park. No other details were made available, but it can be assumed that the special will likely air around the date of the 50th anniversary, which is October 1st on ABC. Oh, that's good news. Woo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's is Hugh Downs going to be on? <laughs> is Hugh Downs still alive? Is he still with us? Oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> I'm he- Hugh Downs. <laughs> Him and Bumper <laughs> Walters. Remember? I remember they come on yeah. Friday nights. I love Bob Gurr, man. Yeah, me too. You know, he's an abs- he's an absolute legend. God bless me that he's still he's still with us. How old is Bob Gurr? He's got to be like in his nineties, right? Yeah. How old he's? God gonna- bless him. What is it? Is it 90? ninety? Yeah, because he's having a big birthday bash that I wanted me and Stephanie to go to out in California. Mm-hmm. That's a big kind of celebration. Yeah, we were gonna go. Yeah, and I love that he's so into it and loves the oh yeah, band, loves the peeps. He just he's into yeah. it. Cool. Yeah, that one artist that did a commemorative poster on his history for this event is there. Show they're gonna sell prints, but he's there showing the painting, and Bob's like pointing out all yeah. this, all the little things, like getting super excited, yeah. like the. <laughs> artist doesn't know right right (laughs) all right dan what do we got 
Will Give Kids the World have announced their second annual Night of a Million Lights Holiday Lights Spectacular. This year's event takes place November 12th, 2021 through January 2nd, 2022. And tickets are on sale now. The event will run from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily with staggered entry times to prevent crowding. To learn more, visit the www.eketw.org. As you know, Give Kids the World Village is an 89-acre nonprofit resort in Central Florida that creates magical memories for children with critical illnesses and their families. And we know firsthand because Stephanie's nephew was granted one of these wishes for a trip, which was unbelievable. Unfortunately, the renovations being made to the original animation studio Laughogram building in Kansas City suffered a major setback recently. On July 30th, Thank You Walt Disney Inc. posted to their Twitter page that a car had crashed into the building <laughs> and caused significant damage. They said, well, friends, this is not the type of post we want to write in the midst of our beautiful restoration project. Walt Disney historic Laughogram building was hit by a car last night. And as Walt said, though, we will keep moving forward. And as you can see in the image, there's a black car that's crashed right into the building, not only ruining exterior work being done, but also ruining construction materials and scaffolding that were being used at the site. Fundraising for the renovation and now for fixing the damages is being conducted online. If you would like to contribute to bringing this building back to its full glory, you can do so by visiting the Thank You Walt Disney Inc. website. So weird. Very weird. Was the guy sober? I mean, was there like... They didn't give any details, but it was at, I think, 4.30 a.m. Nothing good happens at 4.30 a.m., right? Yeah, it might be a DUI. That building came out of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you're planning a trip to Walt Disney World that will take place on or after January 1st, 2022, then you will be happy to know that Mears Transportation is now accepting reservations for Mears Connect, which will be replacing Disney's Magical Express. There'll be two service options available, starting with the standard service, which is a shared ride service on a Mears Connect bus or van. The standard service will make a limited number of stops and will have you on your way to your resort within 20 minutes of your check-in at the Mears Connect reception area. Mears Connect will also offer a premium level of service that's a direct service with no with limited to no wait time. The pricing may vary slightly depending on dates number of guests and hotel, but a round trip with standard service will start around $32 for adults, $27 for a child. If you want the premium service, then a round trip will cost $200 for up to four passengers and $55 for each additional passenger. These prices include all tolls and surcharges, and both services will provide your party with continuously clean, sanitized vehicles. Hmm. You know, that adds that tax on like, you know, what another hundred each way for a family of four on the on the on the cheaper version yeah. of it. So yeah, it's unfortunate. Okay, here we go, Stephanie. Yeah. New Wishables plush for Walt Disney's oh, Enchanted good. Tiki Room have shown up at Walt Disney World. As with other Disney Parks Wishables collections, there is a bag with one mystery plush inside and a non-mystery plush available. They were found in the Emporium at Magic Kingdom. Rosita is the non-mystery plush. The bag lists the Aloha Float, Jose, Pierre, and one of our favorites, the Tiki Drummer, as the four possible plush in the mystery bag. But of course, there's always at least one or two surprise plush to be found. A surprise variant found recently was Michael and Fritz. Okay, I love these. 
But here's where that mystery thing comes in. You know, Mm -hmm. when I saw the person that was reporting these, they they were buying bag after bag, trying to get them all to display online. And it's like, that's... I like the the fun searching, but who wants to keep spending, spending, spending when they really yeah. want a collection? You know, I love that the Tiki drummer is there. He's he's the best. <laughs> Do you guys know of him? He's on the top top roar row. And when it rains in the Tiki room, and they're like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it's kind yep. of. I know exactly. Dragon looking. Yeah, I, alligator looking bill. Yeah, I love it. I actually got to see it. I went to Disney online. And I actually got to see them and they're super cute. Yeah. They're so cute. But yeah. I just, the mystery, same goes with pens. I just, I don't like I the know. mystery collection. They're so expensive anyway. Yeah. That's a good point. And then what happens if you get like doubles? I mean. Yeah. I mean, you can sell there. them, I guess, online, but that's a hassle. I've seen people trade. They go on Instagram and they that's just a good point. say, hey, yeah. do, you, do you guys have this one? Does anybody need this one? And they kind of just trade it off. It's pretty cool. That's I know a, a lot of people, idea. I know a lot of people do that with uh, like the Happy Meals and stuff I was telling you about because we bought a bunch and then got a collection from someone that worked there. And now we have these extras and it's like, I never did really do anything with them. But <laughs> Stephanie? Yeah. It appears Ziploc is a oh. new sponsor of the Jungle Cruise ride. This is not the first time Ziploc has teamed up with a ride at the Magic Kingdom either. Since 2018, Ziploc bags were given out in the queue for Splash Mountain and have been a sponsor ever since. Ziploc is also the sponsor of KidCot Fun Spots at Epcot's World Showcase. This is, however, the first time we have seen a direct sign for Ziploc sponsorship. It is on a travel trunk in the air. It can be found in the luggage area of the Jungle Cruise exit. The black trunk is surrounded by gold trim with the words Ziploc and Everyday Solutions for All Your Extraordinary Adventures. Super happy about this news. Okay. This week, Disney Plus shared that the Mighty Ducks Game Changers is officially getting a second season. Series showrunner Skylar Schuler had previously teased the second season was on the way. Schuler also shared that other the Mighty Ducks original characters could make an appearance if the series was given a new season, including Keenan Thompson. Currently, the entire first season of the Mighty Ducks Game Changers is available to stream via Disney Plus, and we all here definitely recommend that show series. Mm-hmm. There you go. Second season. I think we all knew this was coming, but yeah. When when you have the stars in in a series like that, you you kind of never know. Like were they in it when it was signed on and right. They didn't know if it was going to be hugely successful. And so they just did it. So I heard that they both are back on the two main. Oh, so imagine <laughs> your Lanny oh. has reached a milestone never before reached by any other in the company with the issuing of his 100th U S patent. 74 of Lanny's patents were from his research and inventions at Disney. Some of Lanny's upcoming projects are the new state-of-the-art lightsaber and the lightsaber training experience, both of which will be a part of the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser multi-day experience coming in spring of 2022, obviously, to Walt Disney World Resort. In addition, many of Lanny's inventions haven't yet found a home in Disney parks and resorts, including patents for new ride systems and 3D displays where you don't need to wear 3D glasses. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. Good so job, Lanny congrats Smoot. to Lanny. Yeah, Lanny Smoot. Kind of Lanny a good Smoot. name. Any relation to Fred Smoot, former cornerback of the Redskins and Vikings? Probably not. Uncle. Um, Uncle? Uncle. Yep, there, there you go. go. There you go. How about we kick it on over to Gene <laughs> for some more news? Thanks for the segue, Dan. All right. 
This is one thing that I was very excited about, and I can't wait till we get some more info on it. Walt Disney World has announced that annual passes will resume before the 50th anniversary on October 1st. There will be no more information released yet, but we will keep an eye out for more. Uh, I can't wait till we finally get the... I I guess it's got to be after August 25th, if that's when the Magic Key comes out, and they've already announced all that stuff for that. So I'm assuming it's probably going to maybe be like early to mid-September, I'm thinking. All right, well, the Disney dining plan will be returning soon. So Disney has released information on what plans will be available for... Uh, and what those plans will include. So first we got the quick service dining plan, and this will include two quick service meals, two snacks or non-alcoholic drinks, one resort refillable drink mug per night of stay for everyone that is in your party that is three or older. Beverages are included with each meal and guests are and guests that are 21 years or older can substitute beer, wine, or a cocktail. The total number of meals and snacks will be determined by the number of nights included in your vacation package. Some So meals can be rolled over and redeemed in any order throughout your vacation. So the Disney dining plan will include one quick service meal, one table table service meal, two snacks or non-alcoholic drinks, and one resort refillable drink mug per night of stay for everyone in your party that is three or older. Beverages are included with each meal and guests that are 21 years or older can substitute beer, wine, or a cocktail. The total number of meals and snacks will be determined by the number of nights included in your vacation package. So meals can be rolled over and redeemed in any order throughout your vacation. Reservations at table service restaurants are subject to availability. Please note that signature dining experiences in some character dining locations require two table service credits per meal. The total number of meals and snacks will be determined by the number of nights included in your vacation package. So meals can be rolled over and redeemed in any order throughout your vacation. The Disney Dining Plan Plus will include two meals, which can be in any combination of table service and quick service restaurants, two snack or non-alcoholic drinks, and one resort refillable mug per night of stay for everyone in your party that is three or older. Beverages are included with each meal and guests that are 21 and older can substitute beer, wine, or a cocktail. The total number of meals and snacks will be determined by the number of nights included in your vacation package. And then the last one we have here is the Disney Deluxe Dining Plan will include three meals, which can be in any combination of table service and quick service restaurants, two snacks or non-alcoholic drinks, and one resort refillable drink mug per night of stay for everyone in your party that is three or older. Beverages included with each meal and guests that are 21 years or older can substitute beer, wine, or a cocktail. So Disney has not released the, released the cost of the dining plans yet, but they will definitely be a convenient and tasty add-on for any vacation. And yeah, I, I agree. I can't wait till this comes back. It's different it when I'll come I'm, back. I'll, you know, being that I'm right here, I guess I, I will be obviously be able to utilize it as much as I would have, but I can use it whenever I do stay. And if I decide to stay in a DVC place for a couple of days, I will be able to use it. And I, I probably will. I always find it to be such a convenient thing. Cause it's like you, whether you break even or don't break even, who knows? But the one thing you know you don't have to worry about is actually come out of pocket. You can just enjoy your trip. And there you go. Use. Even if it's more, a little more or a little less, who knows? But there's the convenience factor where you're not going to say, okay, wait, how much should we spend? How much can we, you know, like you already, it's already paid for. You don't have to worry about it. We just, because we talked about this and, and we really could have used this on our last trip when we're there seven, eight days. When you know ahead of time that's paid for, we're not bringing a bunch of, I mean, you have money with you, but you're not bringing a bunch of extra money because now you're like, crap, we got to, we're buying food every day, but we're not really sure what we're going to end up spending over the course of of a week. And this is a tip for anybody that's going, because we do these all the time, a tip that is going for an extended period of time. The dining plan, at least my recommendation, if you are staying three plus days, three days and more, it's almost, I mean, especially if it's available, it's a must. Mm-hmm. Anything under that, you could probably get by. Mm-hmm. But three days or more, man, you, you got to get it because otherwise you are going to spend way more than you think you oh. do. And that's just a tip from us because over the years of doing this so many times, it makes a huge difference. So this was a big thing. We were constantly looking to see, waiting for this to come back. Unfortunately, it didn't happen before our big summer trip this year, but 
at least I know it is coming back. So yeah, and we did a, spend a lot of money when we went over there, oh, a lot ridiculous. more than we would have spent with the yeah, dining package. Ridiculous. So and what else we got? Magic Kingdom's Hall of Presidents has reopened to guests with the audio animatronic of President Joe Biden. Hall of Presidents has been closed since earlier this year as Disney Imagineers replaced Donald Trump with Joe Biden. Joe Biden only recites the oath of office rather than give a short speech like every other president since Clinton has done. Donald Trump has been now moved into the back row right next to Andrew Jackson. If you are a Walt Disney annual pass holder, then you're going to want to keep an eye out on your email. Disney has announced that registration emails will be coming soon for previews for of Remy's Ratatouille Adventure at Epcot. Disney has also announced that Disney Vacation Club members also be able to preview the family-friendly attraction before the October 1st opening date. DVC members will be able to preview the attraction on September 5th, 17th, and 20th. So if you are a DVC member with a vacation booked during one of those dates, you should receive an email with information on how to register. And we will keep an eye out for those days when the annual pass holders will be able to preview Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. And I have what? not got an email yet we've been I, looking i um I'm a, I'm a dvc member i gotta check with my wife because i think it's her email that it's with um and i think she's gonna be down here some of those days she's gonna be oh, down. But that would be have i was thinking maybe it's if you have reservations for those days oh maybe well i'll try to maybe I'll try, yeah i might try to make a reservation for one of those days um you know we had you know back a little back a little while back we had gotten offers to do previews of toy story land and star wars galaxy's edge we just didn't get a chance to go because of the timing, but we were offered those. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I, I remember, I remember when, when be our guest first opened, they gave us some type of um, early access to be our guest yeah. through DVC. It's not a lot of notice. No, it's not, but you know what? That's something I'm probably look into. And then I'll just, if anything, I'll just get a thing for Dude. at least the 20. I think Jess is going to be in town that week. All right. What else we got? Walt Disney world has released a lot of information <laughs> about what to expect while staying at the new star Wars galactic star cruiser hotel and the different types of rooms that they offer. The first thing is that even though it's cold, a hotel, it's really more of an experience that will last two nights similar to a cruise. The cost will be de- will be depending on the dates, the number of guests in your cabin and cabin type. But they did release the starting prices. If you have two people in your cabin, then it will cost $1,209 per guest per night for a total of $4,809. If you have three guests in your cabin, it will cost $889 per guest per night for a total of $5,299. If you have four guests in your cabin, it will cost $749 per guest per night for a total of $5,999. These prices include these prices include a two-night stay in a cabin or suite in an immersive and interactive entertainment where your choices determine your experience. The food and beverage while on the Star Cruiser and quick service meal at Docking Bay 7 food and cargo will be included, except for alcoholic and specialty beverages. The prices also include admission to Disney's Hollywood Studios for your planetary excursion to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Also included will be Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Data Band, which people on the home planet call a magic band. (laughs) This this sounds to be like an all-around awesome experience for any Star Wars fan. Go in, Joey. There's a lot to unpack here. Yes. Uh, I was reading about this and stuff, and I just, first of all, this is ridiculous expensive. Now you're talking 6K for two days. I was reading a lot about what it offers and all this stuff. I'm not really seeing, and I guess we'll have to wait and hear reviews on what the actual immersive experience is, but boy, it's going to have to be something because mm-hmm. when you're in two days out doing cruises on Disney on Disney World's Cruise Line, you, you, it's got to be something because I, I, I don't know how, and I know in the beginning, you're going to have obviously not just rabid Star Wars fans, but you're going to have to have the money for this. Like, I'm not willing to spend this kind of money for this at all. Not even thinking about it. I'm just wondering in the beginning, you're going to 
you're going to sell these because it's new and everyone's trying to see what it is and this and that. I'm just wondering how sustainable this kind of pricing can be. And I know Disney fans have surprised us many times where it just doesn't seem to be as expensive. I, I just know a ton of people just the average Disney fan can't do this. No, like it's not. And I understand it's not supposed to, it's supposed to be this, this experience and more of a, less than a hotel. But again, how many, how long and how many people are they going to get to spend this kind of money? Unless it, they start getting reviews, like it's worth every dollar and stuff. Maybe I'm just, man, this is like, I, I, I when I saw the pricing, I'm like, I knew it was going to be expensive, but I'm like, holy cow, man. Like this is beyond even if it includes the price of the park and that's funny because it's like oh it includes you know your 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 quick service meal docking bay seven but you're still buying alcohol at six grand they probably could hook you up with a, a maybe a couple of alcoholic drink tickets i don't know mm-hmm. i'm just saying and you would like to i don't do know a bit better than quick service right yeah let me i mean I, i'm just i was baffled by this so i'm i'm just curious your guys thoughts i can't believe this i if this was like well, Main Street land, I would never, I mean. But here's part of the thing. The I immersive thing is that, and here's where they're going to grab people that can afford it, is every stay can be different because what you're doing is you're getting the chance to connect with characters mm-hmm. that are inside that involve you to for adventures. Like people will approach you to try to betray people. They'll give you right. mission to go onto Galaxy's Edge to do. And the thing is, is, Depending on how you plan to play it, which way it could completely end up different every time. Yeah, it's your own. You you create your own memory and your own experience. Yeah, yeah. Listen, and then they like have said, there's like the cantina type place, the bar area, which has actual creatures playing and like serving. And I think they're charging so much because it's not like this is a capacity hotel right. that you have all these people staying at. It yeah. is a limited, you know, experience. So I don't know. I'm not saying I justify the price, but I was completely freaked out when this came out. And I, I watched the video at the round table of the people that made it. I mean, they've been working on this for six years. I wasn't ready for exactly what this thing is sounding like, but I know I agree. It's like, how are you possibly, I mean, Joey's right. And my thought was the same. You're definitely going to get people to pay it because they'll always mm-hmm. pay it. However, how long is that going to last with that kind of demand? And if not, what do you do? Do you then restructure it and not have every all the mm-hmm. immersive type, you know, the interaction part of it? And you're being able to offer it cheaper. What's the cost for running this thing? I, well, you know, and that's kind of what I was going to say is it's kind of, I can see why it's so expensive because it is going to be something that there's probably a lot of cost that goes into it. Yeah, I mean, these aren't going to be just cast members. They're going to be kind of, they're going to be actors, really. Yeah. You know, you know what this is? This is Westworld. You guys seen Westworld? It's, it is a it's, giant cosplay experience. And it's I Westworld. Get that. From 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 HBO and the and the, and the former movie, right. which, but those were robots. This is real people, but it's basically Westworld and Disney about doing you know right. dealing with Star Wars. So right. oh, no, I get that. I just wonder how good is it going to really be. That's all, and it might be. I don't know, but I do know that. I tell you what, if it doesn't work out, somebody's getting fired. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying. No, I think Dan's right though. I think if it doesn't work out, you'll see them reimagine the experience and and, and oh, come there's up with no a, a lower price point. They're not there's dumb. No they'll they'll figure it out. You know. Yeah. Everybody knows every month Gideon's Bakehouse unveils a limited time specialty cookie. For August, the cookie of the month is the Rocky Road cookie, which is made with chocolate, candied almonds, and toasted marshmallow. The base is a triple chocolate cookie 
which has five different chocolates. Not, not one, not two, not three, not four. Five different chocolates. It sounded like LeBron in Miami. Um, and it's topped with candied almonds and chocolate and torched marshmallows right on the top of it. God bless you, Steve. You're the greatest American I've ever met. Uh, Did you say there's any chocolate in this? There's five different types of chocolate, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, okay. There's three levels. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, it sounds so delicious. The pictures it of this does. thing looks amazing. Yeah, I can't wait to try. I haven't had a chance to try it. We're a couple of days into, into August. I still haven't had a chance to try it. Too much chocolate for me, but Gideon's is still going to be a must because we missed it on our oh, last yeah. trip. I was really mad about that. So that's not happening this time. Yeah, no, and we didn't get our favorite candle. Yeah, See, no. we need to go back and get our candle. You said that you love the coffee cake oh, uh, cookie, yeah. right? Yeah. Have you tried the limited edition nighttime dark coffee cake cookie? I haven't yet. I heard about it. I haven't yet. Yeah, I heard. I thought of you right away. From yeah. Me? Yeah. No, from uh, Cub Foods down the street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think they sell that at Panda Express now. Uh, Mrs. Field sells it. Well, no, I Panda thought maybe Express. you guys were selling Panda Express. Else, you know, like no, at, you know, earlier. No, I I haven't tried it yet. I haven't had. Oh, be honest, yeah, as you guys know, I haven't even been to anything Disney since Food and Wine, just because I've been I've been working on our our, our segments of the the most magical fives. So I haven't had a chance even. So my first taste of Disney since the first two days I've been here is going to be when I see Joey and Sammy on Friday night. I haven't done anything Disney. So I've literally, I basically, I've everything that I've done since I've been here, other than those two days of food and wine, I could have just done did in New York. So I'm looking forward to finally being able to get out of the house and, and enjoy, uh, enjoy some some Disney. I love when Gene gets going too fast and he's running out of breath and he's. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's because we're talking about. No, food. really. When when I went to back to Florida, I just got. The room is spinning. So, but yeah, so yeah, everyone check out that cookie. Uh, it's phenomenal. Uh, I'm assuming I haven't had it yet, but I'll report on it once I do. I'll have it by next week for sure. But I can only imagine that it's going to be fantastic. Everything in there is fantastic. I haven't had anything bad there. So to be honest How with you. big are these cookies again? Like in size? The... Like the size of my head. They're like, they're like, a, they're like a muffin. Yeah, it's oh. like a muffin top. Yeah. They're, yep. they're maybe a half a pound, a half a pound of cookie dough, dude. They're huge. You like, you yeah. can't, you're really not going to, most of the time you just eat bits and parts of it because you don't yeah. really eat the whole thing uh, in one sitting. Actually, you know what? So that's going to do it for the news. Actually, that's, that's the end of the news. I mean, I thought I had one more. I was looking like, wait. I was like, dude, could there be any more? My God. I know, right? A lot, man. But uh, you know what? Let's uh, let's welcome our new friend of the show, Jared Mariyama, in for his most magical five. It's the most magical five. Okay, our guest today, honestly, he needs no introduction. I'm super geeked up to speak with him. He's an amazing artist. You can find his work at Disney's Wonderground Gallery and all over Shop Disney and pretty much anywhere Disney sells art. Let's please welcome the one and only Jared Mariyama. Hey, thank you for having me. How you doing? Good, good. How are you? I'm excellent, man. I'm really I'm excited to have you. I'm a huge fan of your artwork. Huge fan. I think well, thank it's you. awesome just style and I, I love it. I really do. I appreciate that. It's a... It's a you know, it's a dream come true to do work for Disney. I've always said that. And uh, to be able to maintain it, to keep doing it, I'll do it as long as they send work my way. Let me ask you a question. You know, working with art and just being an artist, like when did you know it went from just being a passion to something that could be a career? Um, so when I, uh, I guess basically when I went to school for for illustration, which was a long time ago now, and I was in school for a long time, but I think that's really the turning point where I decided that it would be something that I would pursue as a career. And, and sort of up until that time, I never really 
initially thought of it. I thought it'd be some kind of hybrid of it. Like either I'd teach art or I'd go into advertising. Um, again, this is pre-internet. So there wasn't a lot of awareness of what other jobs are out there for artists. So uh, I kind of went into it blind, maybe thinking animation because I was a huge Disney fan. This was uh, around the um, Renaissance time with uh, Beauty and the Beast, Mermaid and all those films. So everybody was going into animation, but I quickly learned that I didn't want to do animation and that uh, illustration was was the uh, was the path for me. So uh, I think it was around that time that I decided that, well, once you start going to school for it, you're on that path and you might fail, but you, you kind of got to see it through. And where did you go to school for, for art? Uh, San Jose State University. They have a very old, very good uh, illustration program. They're very traditional illustration program. And uh, by the end of that, though, they had added a animation uh, sort of, um, it was within the illustration department still, but it was sort of a, a thing you had, a program you had to go through in order to graduate. So I got that in at the tail end of my uh, of my college years. So how would you describe, for anyone that isn't familiar with it, how would you describe your art style? Uh, cute. That's right. Just <laughs> the, 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 nothing else. That's the only goal of it too, is just to be cute. Um, I guess if you've never seen my artwork, I think if you think of like Hello Kitty or, or that that sort of um, genre of, of drawing, uh, that's kind of what, what I do. I feel like everybody has to have seen your art, if they, whether they know it's your art or not. I, everybody, I mean, listen, you know, one of the one of the biggest ones is hipster Mickey. I mean, mm. and that's you know, I actually it leads me to ask: Is there going to be like a series of Disney characters, hipster Disney characters? You know, I don't think so. So hipster was one of the first things I did for Wonderground Gallery, and that was back in two thousand. 12 now when we first did that. So it's been out for, for a while and we have received several requests for other characters in that. But I think the goal is to just keep it at Mickey from now. I've seen lots of fan interpretations of doing it and I think that's great. And that's probably the, the best way to do it. One of the main things I loved about what Wonderground did with one with uh, Hipster Mickey is they didn't sort of drive it into the ground, <laughs> if you will. Like we did do a lot of art pieces and stuff like that, but it didn't pop up absolutely everywhere. We didn't spread it to all the characters and sort of do it until you're sick of it. So you know, if they came and they asked me for it, I would be happy to do it because I would want to do it. I wouldn't want to turn that over to somebody else. Mm -hmm. But um, as it stands right now, I don't think there's any plans to to go further with that uh, with that version of Mickey or you know see it in other characters. How did, how did you hook up with Disney too? Like that's that's got to like when you get that call, that's like yeah, it's like it's like the angels singing, right? I mean, like what's that like <laughs> to get that call from Disney? And how did you like have that come about? So for that, it was basically started with Wonderground Gallery. Now they were starting this. Gallery. It opened in 2012, but of course we started work in 11, uh, maybe summer or fall of 11. And uh, they called me and they asked me if I wanted to do some pieces for the show. Now, Wonderground didn't exist, so I had no idea what it was. Or you know, it wasn't like, oh, I've always dreamed of being in Wonderground Gallery. It just wasn't there. So um, I was excited, but as always, I was skeptical. And uh, with big clients like Disney, things can change quickly. So like for me, until we saw that gallery open, until I saw my stuff up on the wall, it wasn't a reality because uh, I just didn't want to get excited about it and have them come back and say like, oh, we decided to go in a different direction or we're postponing this for a couple of years. So um, yeah, they had found my work online basically from me posting my own fan art and they reached out to me. And I think in most cases these days, with few exceptions, that's how they find their artists for these types of things. It's, it's not so much uh, like I didn't apply for something. I didn't submit a portfolio. They they reached out to me. Who was the first call you made after they reached out to you? Because <laughs> that's I, like, it had to be somebody important. Who was that first call? You were like, guess who just called me? So I think I I told my family. I probably talked to my mom first, but I didn't. I don't make a big deal about it because again, if it goes away, mm -hmm. I don't want to look stupid and be like, oh, you know, like I made it up. It was all in my head. So I think <laughs> it's like my mom. I told sort of. Casually, and it wasn't until just before we started getting announcements that the gallery was 
actually going to open, that there was going to be an event that I told uh, other people. Certainly did not post it on social media. Uh, and and because this was a new gallery and they were going to do a big thing, they didn't really want us talking about it, you know, before it was out. So uh, it was pretty, I kept it pretty tight until uh, until we got closer. Uh, you must have been bubbling. That's, that, that, that's oh, a tough secret to keep. It is. It really is. But uh, it's better than having to explain why it didn't happen. So <laughs> <laughs> that's no good point. So who was your favorite Disney character to uh, illustrate? Gosh, it kind of changes over the years. You know, in some ways it stays the same. Like um, I, I tended to draw, especially when I was younger, whatever the current film out was out, like I was obsessed with that film and drawing those characters and kind of figuring out their designs and things like that. Um, but over the years it's changed. And probably actually Mickey is is probably one of my favorite characters to draw because he's so versatile, because you can do so much with him. He's instantly recognizable. You can add a lot more of your style to him because people... You know, red shorts and the buttons and the ears, and it doesn't matter what else you do because people recognize that and respond to that as Mickey. Um, so he's become my favorite to sort of play with. But, you know, I enjoy doing a bunch of like Stitch is always fun to draw um, just whoever. And then like recently, the Luca characters from Pixar have been, they're fantastic designs. I've been kind of obsessed with those. Yeah. I love the animation on that movie too. That, yeah. And let me, let me ask you a question. It's a little bit of debate on our show. Okay. Cruella or Luca? The live action Cruella or Luca, which 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 oh, did gosh. you which do you prefer? You Disney guys always want to enforce <laughs> these. <laughs> you say, uh, well, I'm an animation guy for sure. That's what what's what got me into this. It's definitely Luca for me. I enjoyed Cruella. I was surprised by Cruella, which is always nice with Disney films, especially with these live action retakes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was much different than I thought it was going to be. Um, and I think there's plenty of their like stuff in there to debate, but it was fun. I thought it was fun, so I wasn't like I didn't leave that went all mad or anything. <laughs> yeah, I like them both, but yeah. I just like Luca better. Like if I yeah. could, if I had to watch another one again, I would watch that Luca would first. Yeah, for sure. I for thought sure. the story was great. It was heartwarming. It was, it was, I thought it was as good of a film they've, uh, you know, animated film they've made in a, in a while. Yeah. I, I, personally. So. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> and having said that, I do love your illustrations that you've done with some of those characters. I love Ugo. Uncle uh, Ugo. It's, it's great cool. character. We didn't get nearly enough of him. I, I thought we were going to get more of him too. I'm like, what happened to the Uncle Ugo? I'm hopefully get a spinoff, maybe. I think well, maybe, hopefully at least a short, right? Yeah, we always right? get a, like a, a yeah, short Pixel or something short. like Very that. True. I'm like, okay, a whole like feature with him would be awful, but uh, we could certainly see more than what we did. And Sasha Baron Cohen played the played the voice. I, I mean, he's he's so talented. They got to give him something bigger. Like, yeah, right? I mean. So. I could see him doing a whole film, like a yeah. lead character in a film, but I don't know if that Uncle Ugo would, <laughs> would <laughs> make it. Sasha Barrett Cohen could do like five voices. Like he could play exactly. like five roles. Like, cause he's got, he can do every voice imaginable. So yeah. And just perfect for, uh, for anime. Like, has he done any other? Oh yeah. 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 So he was in the Madagascar films, right? Yeah. He did I believe so. Yeah. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was one of the lemurs, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. The king. Right. Yep. Yeah, yep. So, uh, what would be your n- favorite non-Disney thing to illustrate? Oh, uh okay so see because this is a disney podcast i have to clarify that question and say non-disney animation like non-disney family like outside yeah of the, outside like, of the, outside of the so not not including marvel star wars i know you have okay. some star wars stuff and some marvel stuff so not including those that's all i do these days is uh <laughs> really? <laughs> no um you know like with my style and stuff it's it's mainly like being able to apply my style to things that are sort of um like you wouldn't think it would be there so like doing like a horror film or something like that like that's when i like drawing other characters mm-hmm. most because it's in contrast to 
the, the cute style that I do. So, you know, outside from Disney, just because I spend so much time with these characters and then because it also includes Star Wars and Pixar and Muppets and things like that, it, it just covers so much of yeah. what my passions are and stuff that I think primarily it's Disney. But outside of it, like I know how to draw the Looney Tunes really well. They were kind of my first love was the Looney Tunes before Disney even growing up watching those cartoons. Um, so uh, those are probably the other characters that I know the most and where I could just draw freehand without having to look at reference and things like that. So I'll say the Looney Tunes. It's it's timely now that Space Jam's coming out. So yeah, right, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. What about um? I know you've done you've done some illustrations on books. How many have you done? So with Disney Baby, I've done countless, and that's just kind of the way they've set up the things. Where um, there's a core set of books that I illustrate, uh, and then other people are able to take those illustrations from a, from like a library of illustrations and make these books. So, um, mm-hmm. but the ones that I put together myself, oh gosh, I I don't even. I honestly don't even know, like over 30 books for Disney Baby. But there are some other, I just did a Nightmare Before Christmas book, and that was a little bit more uh, like a standalone book. It wasn't kind of part of the Disney Baby line and stuff like that. So, uh, but I've done quite a few books, all for Disney, I think. Now, you, and maybe you already have this. And if you don't, I wouldn't be the first to say you should do this. Is can we get like (laughs) some type of, coffee table book with your artwork where it's all your stuff <laughs> like you know what i mean like you could do, i mean that would be that would be a huge hit i think i do get a lot of requests for things like that sort of a compilation of stuff yeah. whether that's like a calendar or like yeah, or, yeah that would even be really cool that that kind of stuff is up to Disney. Since this is all owned by Disney, it's up to them to do something like that. I mean, obviously nothing is planned and these things sort of exist in all these very different worlds. It's not something I'd be against, but it's a hard thing to see coming to life because it just represents so many different disciplines of Disney and stuff. But I, I would love to see that too. Like I think something like a calendar might be more mm-hmm. a possibility than say a book. But uh, yeah, I would love to do a thing where it collects a lot of my, well, you I guess for now it's it. just, yeah, it's just digital for now. So <laughs> well, you got to keep me posted if anything is coming out. I, I need, I will need to have that in my collection. <laughs> so um, now where else can we get yours? I know like obviously uh, Wonderground mm-hmm. shop. Disney has a ton of merch. Like, and that's something too. Let me ask you this. What yeah. was it like to see not just your artwork, but your artwork on merchandise all of a sudden? How yeah, amazing I, is that? I love it. It gets me very excited. I'm a merchandise guy in general. I love merchandise. And obviously with Disney, there's tons of it to love. And, you know, I've got a collection of just so much stuff that I buy just because I, you know, I just like it and I got to, mm-hmm. I got to have it. So for me, like there's no distinction for me between my art that I do for Disney and then merchandise. They're all kind of hand in hand. And so, but to see something like the home goods line that came out this year go so wide and to see it in the parks and to see it in uh, online at the website, that's fantastic. I love it. Of course I love it. I, and it makes it available to so many more people than just those that have to come to the park to do mm-hmm. some serious shopping. So yeah, I, I'm appreciative that they did that, that it went so wide. And yeah, I get excited every time I see it. I, I had to go to like Disney stores just to see it on the shelf for myself because I've been going there since forever. And to see yeah. my own stuff on there, yeah, it's a dream come true. When people walk by, you ever go, that's mine. That, I <laughs> no, <laughs> I, absolutely I not. I've, I've been with friends in stores where they say, he designed this. And then mostly they think you're crazy or something like that. But uh, yeah, no, my fun, the fun of it is to watch people who don't know you and have you know no connection to you to see them just respond to something that's that's ideal for me what you got to do is you got to say hey what do you think of this and if they say anything negative you say you know yeah. I, I actually did that yeah actually <laughs> and, yeah. And, and see what they say <laughs> so I, I did have a when i went into a disney store and i had a uh, so embarrassing. I had to buy my own stuff because my mom wanted some stuff. And uh, and she was asking me at the register. She's like, oh, are you a big fan of his? And I'm like, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. <think so." laughs> his mom really loves him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you a question. Sunday show and tell. 
How long, yeah. have you, how long has that been going on? Oh gosh, I think I mean just recently we started doing that. Like maybe in the fall of last year or something, we just started doing. It's so nice. I get a lot of stuff sent to me, uh, and you know sometimes it's where they want you to do the post, and other times they just send you stuff to be nice, and that's great. And I just wanted a way to show that stuff because I try to keep my Instagram fairly clean with my own work so that it's not confusing that I'm. Mm-hmm. You know, not so much that I don't want to promote someone else. I love doing that. And I save that for like stories and things, but I don't want it to be in my general feed because people think, oh, did you do that? And then I have to explain. Yeah. As you know, with your experience, I'm sure uh, people don't read. So they'll just, <laughs> they'll yeah. just react. They'll write a whole comment before reading the actual text. So I try not to confuse the situation. Um, so that's why we started it. Just so like when I get these things, I could promote these things. It's also just a way during um, the pandemic to sort of stay in touch with uh, my fans and people that I work with and, and all of that stuff and just to sort of be alive again since we're not doing signings or appearances anymore so yeah but it's just all fun we actually skipped it this past weekend but uh yeah try to we try to do it every sunday when we can so yeah uh you know one last question too before we get into our most magical five is you know what it's like to be a young artist trying to Mm. find their way what would you have to say to some young aspiring artists some advice for, for, for them to try and do and just to stay focused what would you say I will tell you, this is the worst question I get. I get this question all the time and it's the worst because it's so difficult. Let me just say like, you you need to get your work out there. Do your work, try to find your voice. That doesn't mean make up a style. That means find your voice, find the way that you draw, find the way that you enjoy to draw because if this takes off, this is what you're gonna be doing for a very long time. But figure out very specifically what you want to do. And you might not know, but you, you need to go in that direction. Like figure out what you just say. Don't come to me and say, you wanna work for Disney. That is so general and that makes no sense at all. Like the, the focus shouldn't be on uh, working for a specific company. Um, it should be on what you want to do. So if you want to be an animator, focus on animation. You can end up working for Disney, but your goal should be to be a great animator, not just to be a great animator for this company. That is out of your control and, and that comes later. But there is so much of a focus with Disney on just being a part of Disney, which is fine. I completely get that. But I think in order for you to get there, you have to be really good at what you do. And I think that's no matter what you do, if you want to work for Disney. Uh, don't have the goal, but you just want to work for Disney. It should be that you're really good at this thing and therefore Disney will find you and hire you. Um, and so I think that's why you know, the rest of it comes down very specifically to like what they're doing. And if I see their work and stuff. So when people write me and ask me like, can I have some advice? Like, I'm like, well, we have, I have a million questions for you before I could even, you know, mm-hmm. in any sort of helpful way, give you some advice. So the more you can narrow that down, you're going to ask better questions. You're going to go to the right people. And I think that's going to help you. And that's probably the best advice I can give to someone who's sort of on their their journey without like having them in front of me or seeing their portfolio or or something like that. So not a great answer, but it is the honest <laughs> answer. Well, that's that's the best answer is the honest one. So yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So um, you know what? We always do this segment. It's called the most magical five, and it's where we break down our top five of a certain category. And I thought since we have an artist in the house, let's mm-hmm. let's do what you would say is your most magical five animated films based purely on not the film itself, but on the animation. Right. So So I hope, and I know you know this because you're a Disney guy. These things are infuriating. Like I will obsess (laughs) over narrowing something like that to five. And I have all these questions in my head like, well, but it's based on this, but so many things. So let me just have a caveat because I also know with Disney fans that the minute you start nailing these things down, it just kicks off a bunch of conversations. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So of course, yeah, this is for the sake of this top five 
five, I am happy to join along. Um, so let's see here. So number five, I'm gonna say for animation-wise, I'm gonna say uh, actually I'm gonna say Luca. Now, really again, cool. It's an early one, but what they did in that specifically with the animation is very different than the philosophy they've had for the animation in previous films. And so that's why it looks so different to me than the other films. And um, seeing what's coming out from them too, I think it's a little bit of, not a turning point, but that we're seeing different things from Pixar rather than everyone just sort of staying in the same general area. The look and feel of a Pixar film, I think is changing. And I think that's happened a lot with, with Luca. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. This is the beginning of it, but I'm picking that because just for the animation specifically. I love the animation in that one. So I, yeah. I, 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 put it, I would put it in my five as well. Okay. Great. Fantastic. So four. Number four. Okay. Uh, number four, I'm going to say Sleeping Beauty, uh, maybe for the same reasons that I said with Luca. It was a very different approach to the animation for Disney. It kind of broke their tradition of doing something. They tried something very different. It didn't It didn't pay off initially, uh, you know, for them, but it was um, it was bold and different and it's beautiful. And we've gotten used to it now. And I think, it, I think a lot of what they did in that film affects, especially what we see in the theme parks and fantasy land and things like that. Like with Sleeping Beauty, Castle and Disney, Disneyland. I, I think that, you know, it doesn't really look like the castle in the movie, but it's it sort of set an aesthetic for it. And especially we see it more in Paris. Mm -hmm. but I think it sets off a lot of um, what we see in the theme parks and, and how we approach, you know, sort of with that castle theme. So, but the animation itself is gorgeous. And, and I, I think everybody knows that with this film, it's the main thing. Number three, I'm trying to go between the two. So number three, I'm going to say uh, Toy Story, uh, just so we get some more Pixar in there. And for, for Toy Story, I think it's because it's one of the the key films that we have two other films before it, and we we see the real, the transformation of what Pixar animation looks like. And I think by three, we see how like gorgeous it looks and in the textures and the amount of characters and, and just everything that they've done in that film, it kind of like reaches this high point there. And we can so base it against two and one and just see how far it's come in that mm -hmm. time. So it's an easier one to do. We get that with monsters too, but it's such a big jump from the first monsters to the second one. Yeah. Toy Story, we get to see this gradual progression and it's really nice. But um, I, I just love that color scheme and everything in that film. Such a beautiful film. Number two, I'm going to say... Ugh so hard it's like picking favorite children every day. i know two i'll say pinocchio and, and it gets a more boring from this way out so uh pinocchio <laughs> just because it is gorgeously animated the backgrounds are amazing i don't think they've ever done anything quite that ornate or pretty since um even even as you just get right into like bambi and stuff like that which is a gorgeous film it's just such a different thing than what they did in pinocchio it's such a weird dark story, um, especially for their second feature, basically. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff historically, I think that that makes that an important film for them. And then number one, for me, I put Fantasia. Oh, yeah. Uh, because what they did in there, it's like very heavily effects animation in, in Fantasia. But to think that they pioneered all this stuff, did all these effects, most of which was by hand. A lot of like new technology was coming into it then too, but not computer technology, obviously, yeah. just weird ways of sort of manipulating the film and capturing stuff. But to look at that now and see like how much detail and stuff they got into it for that time and that being the third film, to think that Pinocchio and Fantasia released the same year, I, that just blows my mind. It yeah. takes how long long now for features to come out and and they had both of those in the span of a year is just incredible and to see that thing it's a shame it didn't do better i would have loved to see in a lot more fantasia stuff in that vein what they mm -hmm. did next was so different than what they did in fantasia um still trying to do the musical thing but um yeah, I, it's one of my favorite films because I think I'm such a fan of animation and it is something I watch over and over.
overall. I know it's not a lot of people's favorite films, like that it can be kind of boring for some people, but it's one of my favorite films. I, I can't, I, every time I watch it, I'm awed at what, how they did what they did. It was for me a film that you're right. I think for, for children, I don't think children, <laughs> right, I think right, once you become sure. an adult, you kind of get this new sense of, oh, well, that, that's what Walt was trying to do. I think you see mm-hmm. it in a different light. Cause I remember as a kid seeing it like once and then never really need, needing to see it again. And so I became right. an adult. When I became an adult, I saw it and I'm like, I almost felt like I'd never even really seen it. It felt like such mm-hmm. a experience because I think I just had a, I, I I think I respected it more as an adult. Oh, and for sure. sure. It, it, yeah. it wasn't necessarily a story, but it was like just a culmination of these pretty sounds and pretty colors and everything. And it, I, I I think I saw it in a whole different light as a grown up. So I think that's for sure. I think that's one of the things that, that is about Fantasia is I think you just um it's more about the art than it is the story, I feel. For sure. But it often gets reduced to just being the sorcerer's apprentice or uh yeah. maybe even the dinosaur, the di- the Rite of Spring one. But yeah, it's 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 an amazing, it's an amazing and it's always nice when you have the chance to see it in the theater uh, because it's such a different uh, feeling when you see it on the big screen as opposed to on your TV. But um, yeah, not a, it's not an exciting pick for number one, but because we're going with just animation here, it is incredible what the, I, I don't think we would be able to even do it today because it's so tedious what they were able to accomplish with hand-painted cells. I just, I, yeah, it's mind boggling. Jared, I just want to say thanks to you for, uh, for stopping by and, and absolutely, and, you know, and real quick again, before you get out of here, let everyone know where to find your work and, and uh, so they can look it up if they haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So base, best place to start is with uh, Instagram, J Mariyama, J-M-A-R-U-Y-A-M-A. I don't know why I picked that. Very difficult to spell for most people, <laughs> but J Mariyama on Instagram. I think if you do like a search on uh, my name on the, uh, you know, on the internet, you'll be able to kind of come across my social medias. I post everything primarily to Instagram. It's a great place to start. So if I'm doing appearances or there's new merchandise, that's the best place to to find me. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. And then Shop Disney, obviously, and and, and Wonder Ground. And- yeah, there's yeah. a little harder to find like Wonderground doesn't have an online presence, which is unfortunate. But uh, yeah, Shop Disney, probably best at this point to just do a search under my name to see what's what's available on the site. Awesome. Jared, thank you so much for giving us a few minutes. I really appreciate it. Huge fan. And please stay in touch. Great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Disney TV and Movie Minute. <laughs> okay, so that's going to bring us to this week's Disney TV and Movie Minute. This week's Disney TV and Movie Minute is sponsored by JSA Creations. And Joey, what do JSA Creations always do? We make all your ears come true. Dan? We make all your ears come true in 3D. Yeah. So Joey, what do we got coming up on Disney Plus this Wednesday, August 11th? All right. First up, we've got, and this one I'm really looking forward to, Marvel Studios' What If? Episode 1. The series explores alternate alternate timelines in the multiverse that show you what would happen if major moments from the MCU films occurred differently. I don't know if you guys have seen any of the trailers for this. They have a couple I, of them. I have First of all, the, the animation is, it's outstanding. Like they've got their top artists on this. You can tell They're amazing, but especially someone who's big into Marvel. And I know Dan's just kind of started getting into it, but it is awesome because they explore seeing different characters play different just a whole bunch. You got to see the trailer. It's just really, Mm. I I can't wait till this thing comes out. This is one of the ones I'm really looking forward to. I am excited for this. You guys definitely got to check out the trailers because you'll see the mixing Captain America's and different people playing and like just different kinds of stuff occurring. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. It's like, Hey, you know, it's, it's exploring the multiverse and what, could occur and all that other stuff. Is so it, is it kind of like into the into the Spider Verse? Yeah, it's just that this one here you have every character instead of just Spider Man really with some villains. This is mm-hmm. everybody. This is like all the Avengers and like every you know all the other villains. It's crazy. And then they kind of since it's animation, they can pretty much do whatever they want. You really can make anything. This isn't live action. So and the animation's amazing. 
And it's cool because they do reference some of the scenes from original movies. I mean, one of the ones in the trailer, the very first thing they show is one of the famous scenes from the very first Iron Man where Tony Stark's riding in the Humvee. And then mm. they want to do a, he wants to take a, a selfie with Tony Stark. And he's like, peace. He's like, yeah, yeah, peace. I love world peace right before the explosion. But it, they show a different thing that happens because people that have seen the movie know, oh, this is what happens next. And then it completely goes different. So, oh. yeah, it's That's really cool. neat. Yeah, really yeah, neat. Oh, that does like cool. Definitely check it out. I cannot wait for this. And then next up, we've got Disney's Gabby Duran and the Unsittables season two, which I've not seen. Gabby Duran seizes the opportunity to step out of her mother's shadow by becoming a babysitter for extraterrestrial children. Uh, but she must work hard to protect their secret identities. So this is like Escape from Witch Mountain, I guess. Breaking Bobby Bones season one. Bobby Bones travels across the United States to meet people and perform daring stunts. I still haven't seen this. Have you guys seen this? Who's Bobby Bones? It's the DJ, right? Uh, the, G- <laughs> the DJ flying through the air out of a cannon. <laughs> the DJ, the country DJ, Bobby Bones. I'm right. going to look Hold him up. On. We're looking. Maybe yeah. just the same name. I don't. I've... Why would he be oh, doing stunts, it's... though? But who, there's two Bobby Bones in the world. Uh, well, it's obviously a, it's got to be a fake name, right? I can't be. I'm sure that's not his government name. Bones. I guess it could be. I guess. But Stephanie's right. He's actually a radio personality. I guess. Yeah. But why is he doing stunts? I, I guess the radio. Anyone will do anything. Or I, I mean, listen. Anyone will do anything for a check, right? Hey, we'll his put last you on Disney Plus. Estelle. A Bobby. Uh, Bobby. Bobby Estelle is his name. There you is go. His real name. You guys remember Estelle Geddes from Golden Girls? Oh, for sure. She was the youngest one out of them all in real life. You know that? Isn't that crazy? And she was the first one to pass away in real life too. It's a shame. Yeah. I gotta look at this series. I, I need to know what's going on with this. Bobby Bones, not Golden Girls. What about you, Steph? What do you got? Well, I've got something real exciting again, you guys. Oh, I'm excited. Disney Junior Chicken Squad Season 1. Three young chicken siblings and their retired search and rescue dog mentor, Captain Tully, work together on problem-solving adventures in their backyard to help their animal friends. Are these chicken DJs? <laughs> what is this show all about? Is this a I've never, even, I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it either. Is it animated or what's going on? I have I'm no... assuming it's I'm probably animated. It's Disney Junior. Well, yeah, it's three young chicken siblings. So, of course, it's animated. Not necessarily. Well, what else would it be? They won ribbons Little at chicken? the fair for being able to do stuff. Oh, well, that's true. That could happen. Can, okay. can you imagine if it was real life? <laughs> Guess what I got, Stephanie? What do you have? Goofy's How to Stay at Home Shorts. Three hilariously relatable shorts on how to stay at home with such topics as mastering the skills of how to wear a mask, learning to cook, and binge watching. That's fantastic. Well, what I have is coming out this Friday, August 13th. And the first one is Aquamarine, which is two 13-year-old best friends embark on the adventure of their lives when they discover a mermaid named Aquamarine in a swimming pool. I think it's like from the 90s, right? This is an old movie, isn't it? I don't know. I think it's from the 90s. I, I think saw a picture. Remember, yeah. remember the singer Jojo? I think Jojo was in this movie. Remember Jojo? I remember Jojo, yeah. I think she was in this movie. And then I even think uh, Emma Roberts. I think Emma Roberts was in this as well. All right, what else we got? The Bad Batch, episode 16, and the finale. The series, as you know, follows the, the elite and experimental clones of the Bad Batch as they find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy in the immediate aftermath of the Clone Wars. And this will be the season finale. Or the series finale. Do we know if it's a series finale or a season yeah, finale? Yeah, it just got announced season two is okay so it is a, a season, you know season that, i do thank you dan so dan do you have anything else you want to talk about on disney plus why i do and it's not a gripe it's a hype we talked about this before it got released in july but the documentary stunt man 
Millions have seen his work, but nobody has seen his face. From director Kurt Matilla comes the Vasero and inspirational film Stuntman. It follows professional Hollywood stuntman Eddie Braun as he prepares and attempts the most dangerous stunt of his career. Now, the reason I love this so much is the stunt that he's doing is he decides to finish out his career by recreating the infamous Snake River Canyon rocket jump that was done by one evil Knievel who obviously failed. Eddie teams up with Scott Trox, the son of the NASA rocket scientist who built Evil's original doomed rocket, and together they hope to clear the canyon along with the Trox family name. With new music from rock icon Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators, his band, and a mesmerizing score by Jeremy Zuckerman, who did Avatar and the Last Airbender, Stuntman straddles the line between documentary and not in fiction. Now, we won't give away what happens, but what's cool in this is it really takes you through the prep, and it's quite a journey with doing this stunt that isn't as easy even setting up than it it is actually doing it. You get to see the actual old rocket because um, the sun has that. It's got a huge hole in it and it's super cool. And one of the greatest scenes is Eddie walks up to the prototype rocket and he, you can see it on his face. He's like, oh my God, I'm getting into that. It looks just like made in your backyard. <laughs> it's not painted. It's just got rivets everywhere. And Joey, you'll love this. There's I want to see it. Really, You watch it? No, I want to see it. Oh, there's really cool drone footage of not only the Snake River Canyon, at which really gives you an idea of how humongous that thing is. Mm-hmm. But they have them as well in the air when the rocket launches and you see his whole flight from all mm. kinds of angles. And this show was so good. You got to you got to watch this thing. It's, oh, no, I definitely I definitely want to see it. Um, this guy, he's he's done so many shows that you will not believe. Just look him up and you'll see the list. But on his team is a bunch of stuntmen that have tons of experience as well. As, and one of them worked on the Burt Reynolds movie Hooper that I'm a huge fan fan of but all the way back to like the fall guy so much stuff and he's a younger looking guy it's not like you know real old or anything but i can't tell you um, enough about the show and i gotta say when it happens the flight i was freaking out like (laughs) i was so tense it it just is a really good storytelling all the way through to really pull you in to this flight so check it out awesome disney plus awesome i want to see it Well, that's all for this week's Disney TV and Movie Minute. Let's kick it over to the Disney Topic Talk. Disney Topic Talk. Okay, so this week on Disney Topic Talk, we will be discussing our favorite Disney and Pixar animators, talk about their style a little bit and what we love about their animation technique. So uh, who's going first? Yeah, we're going to go. What do you guys got? I'll go. I'll start off. You probably have to finish too. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so for when I first saw that we were going to be doing the Pixar animators, it's not, and I love Pixar. It's not like I know other than Lasseter because he's on every single movie that they make. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like I know about all these animators. So I had to kind of just do, you know, do some digging and stuff. So I'm not like some expert on this guy, but <clears throat> reading through ones that I, that I, that I really like. Pete doctor was one of the ones that really stood out for me. He's pretty much been with uh, Pixar since pretty much I say the beginning. I know that Lasseter actually ended up bringing him on because doctor was, you know, where he, and I, I, I just, I can't remember off the top of my head where he went to school at the moment, but I do know that his teacher and professor 
was basically contacted by Lasseter. They were like friends. And he basically was like, hey, do you have any students that would, you know, you would recommend? And th- this guy, Pete Doctor, was one of the ones that he he recommended. I mean, he was one of the first 10 employees at Pixar. When, yeah, when he got there, it was, it was nothing. So, you know, he went through a whole bunch of stuff and he started with very little, I guess, very little input. You know, he was giving him just little bits and pieces. But as he realized how talented he was, he started, you know, giving him a heavier dose of work and it's crazy because he's like he was an animator film director screenwriter producer voice actor the creative uh chief creative officer he's done just about everything there and he the, the thing with him is i really like the movies he's been a part of because they're some of my favorite ones and pixar's got so many i mean he was involved in toy story toy story one toy story two um what do you call it? monsters inc inside out soul up a, a ton of them and those especially to me like inside out and soul i know soul is one of the, the latest ones but up was another one that i really well, I should say Inside Out was a, a different way of doing it because it was just really neat the way that movie was depicted because of having your thoughts and, you know, your anger and your anxiety, all that stuff. But the way they did like core memories and like all that stuff, to me, that was just genius in the way that it kind of explained maybe how our thought process works, which I thought was really cool. Same thing with Soul. Soul was a very different type of movie and obviously very emotional. And anyone that's seen it, um, I just love those two styles there and up. That's another one that's got a real strong place in my heart. Um, Whenever I see that movie, I could watch it over and over and over. And it was a very quirky one. I love that one. Monsters, Inc., same thing. One of my favorites. He's won. I I knew he was nominated like 10 times for Academy Awards. He's won at least three. I know that in a ton. BAFTA. And he has a a ton of awards. So he would be one that I would want to meet and pick his brain just because he's uh he, but the funny thing is, and also something that he reminded me of, he actually is from Minnesota. And he basically, he, he described himself as like a, just a geeky kid who liked to draw cartoons coming out of Minnesota. So it's kind of neat. He never thought that he would be doing something. And he said it was funny when he first heard about Pixar and when his, his teacher or professor had mentioned it to him, he, he said at first he thought to himself, he's like, what could you possibly do with any type of animate, you know, animation or something like that? And what, what this was and he says now when i think back he always says i think to myself the hell was i thinking <laughs> <when> <laughs> i did that he said but he also said that he took he took a chance based on his professor's uh recommendation to a just try it out and look what of course look what it turned into so it's crazy how sometimes when you don't think or when something doesn't seem like it might be something to what it could turn into so right. especially with you know Steve Jobs taking you know buying them and just the whole thing that they went through because it was a whole bunch of stuff that that company went through um when it started and obviously with Lucas Lucas Films and all that other stuff there's a whole huge history to it yeah he's one of my favorites when they were working on Toy Story uh when he was helping when they were doing screenwriting and he was helping create some of the characters he actually said Buzz Lightyear was actually semi like basically modeled after himself. <laughs> so he really did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. He said he was taking basically inspiration from people that were in the office and stuff. And he said, Buzz was him. And that's hmm. how he came up with him. But yeah, it's pretty that's neat cool. to see. Cause you know, when they're creating this stuff back then, you don't know what it's going to turn into. You don't know if it's yeah. going to be this iconic character or movies and all this stuff. And it seems Pixar is one of the few that can whenever they're making a movie you almost know it's going to be good because everything that they do is always so well done and well thought out it takes them a while but everything that they do i mean there's a string of hits all those movies i just mentioned and and a ton more anytime pixar is making something it's just it's i really sit up and pay attention because you just kind of it's one of those ones you can kind of phone it in that it's probably going to be good i agree you know all right what about you guys? Do you guys have the same one? Do you guys have separate ones? I don't know what you have. I don't know what Dan has. They might. They actually... don't even. They don't even talk, and usually Dan hides it from her anyway. No, don't worry. I do because I, I like her reaction to be real. Oh, okay. So let's well, go with Stephanie first and see if she's going to steal Dan's thunder. Okay, I have one of the nine old men animators. Oh, oh do we have the same one. 
I don't know what it is. I've got Frank Thomas. Oh, you've got Ollie. I have Ollie Johnson. Ollie, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is, you know, these are one of those topics that it's, you know, we all love these characters, Pixar or or the Disney side, but these are not household names. I, I, I don't know about anyone else, but like all these characters, like I, I had to kind of do like Joey to do my research and think who did, you know, who did what, except for these three guys, Mark Davis is our favorite and yeah. Frank and Ollie. But I went with Frank because he is completely responsible for Captain Hook. That was all him. That is a major one. And the spaghetti scene. Yes. In Lady I know. and the Tramp. That was his. That alone almost made me switch. Yes, there, there's another one that I that I absolutely love is the sad Snow White scene. That was his too. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing that in the theater as a kid. I mean, not when it came out, kid, I'm not that old. <laughs> but, you know, when they would do a re-release, you know. <laughs> a- anyway, the first time I saw it when you were a kid and it really affected me all those years later. And and I'm glad that they put some sadness. I'm glad they put realness into these cartoons. It's weird I picked Ollie of because course. Ollie and Frank were best friends actually the one thing that the reason we really fell in love with them as we talked before there's a, a frank and ollie documentary mm, very good that is unbelievable mm-hmm. because these guys became best friends as well as their wives and they drove to work together every day and um like stephanie said they were part of the original you know nine old men and ollie was the last surviving member of those guys oh. When he passed in 2008, he was 95. He was famous. You know, the thing that you need to realize about all the animators, especially back then, is it was so shared. All those guys were such good friends and worked on movies, you know, back and forth with each other. It wasn't just, you know, normally like Ollie did Smee, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't really usually one person that illustrated it, animated it. That character was theirs. Ollie became uh, an actual animation director with Pinocchio in 1940, um, worked on Fantasia, Bam. And he was actually caricatured as Rufus in The Rescuers. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm. And the last film he worked on was Fox and the Hound. But some of his highlights were, like I said, Mr. Smee, the stepsisters in Cinderella, Prince John from Robin Hood. But some of Ollie's work that are favorites of mine is Donald Duck and the Three Caballeros. Also, Mary Poppins, Gene Penguins. Love it. And Mr. Toad. And they also wrote a book together, um, Frank and Ollie. Disney Animation, The Illusion of Life, which has 12 basic principles of animation and helps preserve the way they did their techniques back there. Mm. And um, just like uh, Mark Davis always called the Renaissance Man, Mm. Ollie was um, the king of emotions. And the reason that Frank and Ollie got along so well is they were major believers in pulling out the emotion and that characters had to be relatable with people. In some way, they had to find it. A lot of animators, they said um, in some interviews, we're going the other way, trying to be more extreme in their settings or their illustrations, as opposed to really getting into the character themselves. So in every interview they talk about, they like have so much respect for Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, they always mention how crazy it was back there that anytime you thought you were doing a j- good job, you'd get thrown into something you had no idea on how to mm-hmm. do because Walt, like himself, was always pushing the envelope, always pushing for more to do your best. And they both said he was like the best mentor they could have had 
and cared so much about the job they did for him. I think it's obvious in all those, you know, movies that first came out, you can see why they're great. I mean, these there was all that excitement around and they were all sharing. They were all helping each other get the, you know, they would ask each other for help. But yeah. those two guys are definitely my second in line after Mark Davis. But we've spent a lot of time on Mark Davis. So I thought we should shed some light. But you should check out that documentary because you'll mm-hmm. fall in love with these guys. And uh, one other thing is um, Brad Bird, the director of The Iron Giant and The Incredibles, he actually put them in both those movies, but The Incredibles has a scene where they're characters and it's just no a way. real quick scene and they come up. Well, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Old school. And <laughs> oh. because he loved them so much and actually knew them and got to know them and was showing them his work. Oh, And, you know, unfortunately they, you know, yeah. Frank died first and didn't get to see this in the movie, but oh. they show a scene where they're both, he's at both their houses together and they're watching his ideas. They showed on the screen. And it's so cool the the respect that he had for both these guys. So Ali Johnson, Frank Thomas. My guy's a little bit more obscure. I picked Earl Broly, and he was one of the animators on um he actually did three different avenues really of, of Disney to an extent. He did uh he's done he was on Luca. He also did the animation on uh Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, and he was also the lead animator on um Saw Wars, the Clone Wars series. And he's I mean he's done a countless other things too. He did Storks, Smurfs, the movie, not the show, Angry Birds, the Mitchells versus the Machines, uh, which is actually hysterical. I don't know if anybody's seen that on Netflix. I haven't seen that. It's it's dude, it's it's so funny. It's got a great cast. Maya Rudolph, Eric Andre's in it, Danny McBride's in it, and a couple other people. It's really funny. You should definitely check it out. It's not Disney, but it's it's definitely worth a watch. He did animation on, on Luca, which as you guys know, I've I find to be one of the better movies they've released this year. As far as the animation. Yeah, it's fantastic. We were talking about it earlier today. Obviously, just to go back to the interview that we just did with Jared Mariyama, we talked about his top five films based on animation. And this was number five, purely based on animation. It, what I loved about it is it's kind of a throwback to Mizzy. I'm always I always can't I always have a hard time pronouncing this guy's name. Mizuyaki, the guy that does used to do the anime Disney worked with a little bit uh it's it's a different kind of a style where most Pixar films use like that CG animation. This is a um, a Japanese style of animation and it's a 2D animation, they call it. It's basically the type of, they use like a lot of watercolor type artwork and it's not really the same kind of way that they animate the other movies. But again, he's done a bunch of stuff. He's he's still super young. I think he's probably younger than all of us. I don't think he's, I don't think he, he can't be in his 40s and he looks, he looks so young. I just love the technique they used on Luke. I think it's very different from what we've seen in, in a Disney film, maybe ever. Uh, again, using that same style, that style, that watercolor technique that they use a lot of times in, in Japanese animation that I find, I would love to see them do more of this. I think it's a great technique. And this guy, I think I said, is going to be one of these guys that you're going to see do a lot more work. I think you're going to hear about him in the near future. Uh, as he is, he's already got a couple of big hits under his belt already. And I think you're only going to hear more and more of this guy. And I hope he, I really do hope that he does more with Disney itself and Pixar and not really is just all over the place. I'd love to see him just kind of really kind of find his own niche in Disney and help create more, more Disney magic because I think he is phenomenal. I think he's got a way different style than a lot of other people. And I look forward to really seeing what, what Earl Broly is going to put out in the future. I'd love to have him on the show. I got to try and figure out how we can reach out to him because I really think Luca is that phenomenal. Um, and again, I did, even just the style of, of animation in it, I just love it. It's just so different. Forget about the storyline in Luca, which is great. I just found that the way that the, with the colors and, and everything, I just think it was just a really beautifully done movie. So that's that's my guys, Earl Broly. Not a legendary guy. Um, I kind of was afraid to take a legendary guy because I thought somebody would take my guy before me. Mm-hmm. I was I was actually debating on whether or not to go with Don Bluth, who spent some time with Disney before going on to create other like tremendous characters and tremendous movies. Uh, Don Bluth, and I'm not going to, this isn't, I'm not going to 
do a um an honorable mention because we don't do our honorable mentions anymore. But let me just shout out Don Bluth. So, uh, but he, Rescuers, uh, Robin Hood. I mean, two classic Disney movies he did, and then he went on to do uh, American Tale, Land Before Time, Secret of Nim. He actually partnered up with Steven Spielberg to do his animation. Those are so. yeah, those are huge. Yeah, so I mean, he's the guy that I, he was actually the guy I was going to take, but I thought like Dan or Steph was going to take him, so I, I said let me go with somebody new. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I did some research on him too, and I figured I at least had to give him a, like a, a little a little shout because he's one of these guys too that I, I think people don't even realize he was part of Disney way back when on some of those older movies and then went on to create like like Land Before Time my son must have watched that movie like a t- like 10 times a day when he was a little when he was a little kid when he was a bit you know like a toddler that was like his favorite movie back then so um so shout out to Don Bluth but yeah I, I think Earl Broly has a hell of a career ahead of him I love his technique because I think it's a way different than a lot of other other artists have it with Disney and it's almost like, a, like I said it's almost like a Japanimation kind of kind of technique and kind of style so I, I, it's definitely a little you know a lot different than everything else and I, I really dig it so I'd love to see more from from that cat but if you love Disney history You'll you'll love what you find out about a lot of these guys because they're really ingrained with with what Disney has become today. They're they, I mean they're part of the fabric of Disney. These guys they're like when Disney was at its purest form. These were the guys that were there laying the groundwork for Disney. So these animators help build even what to, really to an extent what the parks have become. So um, if you're into yeah. Disney history, you really should should take a look at a lot of these guys. And again, Frank and Ollie is a perfect documentary to take a look at. The Boys, the story of the Sherman Brothers is a, is a fantastic documentary to take a look at. But you know, I did I did want to leave us with one thing before we get out of here. When you rate movies you, you, who's one of the more accurate would you say rotten tomatoes is pretty good as on accuracy of what's a, when they rate movies they're usually a pretty fair assessment because it's by the people would you, agree? Oh, boy. would you agree because i just want to say because corella which i've said time and time again is, was menza menza got a 72 score on, on rotten tomatoes but luca got an, got an 89 that crushed luca's your typical luca's- score for that they just it's a gimme how many times did phone you phone in? I believe it's it's all him voting. Yeah, yeah. Refresh, refresh, refresh. No, Luca, Luca was fantastic. There's I, something I, I don't know what it is with Luca. There's a charm to it. I'm not sure. Yeah, I liked it more than you did. Let's say that you that the story wasn't involved. I do think it looked different. I'm, yeah, I'm not technique. saying I didn't like the look of it. I just the Vespa. <laughs> I, you know, the funny thing is, is since I've seen that movie, I've bought four Vespas. They're sitting in the garage. <laughs> it's like the bad lyrics, like I mentioned earlier. If it sticks out so much that it distracts mm. me from the movie, I don't like it. And that's what I didn't. It didn't seem like a recurring joke necessarily. It just seemed like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> but I agree. The look of the movie was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, you I, and I did like the movie too. You know, it wasn't. Wait, like, have you seen the movie again? Me? Because I feel like oh. when I first saw it, I was okay with it. But then when I saw it again, it kind of like grew on me. I liked it from the first time. And I like I, I liked it even more after I started seen it the second time. I've seen it three times. Yeah. So Maybe the, four times. The more, the more I've seen it, the more I like it. Because I got more I out know. of it. I, I caught more in it. Like, you know? Yeah. I don't know what it is. The more we see it, I think the more we like it. So I don't know if maybe if you saw it again, that you would maybe. Well, it ain't going to change the Vespa. That's for sure. No. It's not. But maybe you will like it a little more. I mean, I think that's with a lot of Pixar movies. The, the attention to detail in the movies is what makes it so much fun to watch them over Mm -hmm. and over because there is stuff you notice even techniques in the movie that that it will pop out to at other times Mm -hmm. because yeah you know you just experience the movie a little different way but i definitely love the way it looked you know what it is it's it's definitely like an underdog story too which i guess all disney movies are right they're all underdog stories to an extent but it just it did the characters is just so sweet like you want to give them a hug because you feel so bad for them at times you know the stuff that they go through in that movie but um yeah i love i love luca and i think i think earl broly's got um i I mean to say he's got a hell of a career ahead of him i mean he's already done so many things but i really i really think about don't give up Gene says you got a chance. That kid's going places. One interesting thing about it, though, it's and I don't know 
if you notice, because, you know, generally every any Disney movie has like tragedy in it. And in Luca, there's really no tragedy. It never gets to that point. But right. you feel bad for like, here's the kid that you find out his father just left him once, you know, and just never came home. Yeah, well, right. Exactly. But they but don't it, and they don't really get into that. It's yeah. not really something that's touched on other than him talking about. It, and that's pretty much it. It's more like past trauma, not really, you know, living it, through the trauma. It is. It is. Because, so. you know, generally every movie, they always show you some kind of dramatic event. Like, like Bambi's mom something. dying. And yeah, there's. What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's in my queue. You should still watch a dance a hell of a movie. Oh. <sighs> but guys, let's towel off. That's gonna be the uh that's gonna do it for the show this week. <laughs> towel off <laughs> by yourself, weirdo. Damn. <laughs> Uh, let's thank our sponsor, Magical Travels by Brian. The Disney Underground is proudly brought to you by Magical Travel by Brian. Contact Brian to help you book your next vacation. Magical Travel by Brian can help you not only book your next Disney vacation, but much, much more. He can help you book your Universal Studios vacations, all-inclusive in- all Caribbean resorts, cruises, corporate travel, even help you book a destination wedding. If you want to check it out, go to his website, www.magicaltravelbybrian.com. You can email him at brian at magicaltravel.com, and you can reach him on phone 1-800-883-1535 double nickel as Dan would say and Brian is spelled B-R-I-A-N and um, pension double nickel or he would say it like that <laughs> uh, so let's thank uh, Magical Travel by Brian let's also thank Jared Mariyama for stopping by remember guys go check him out if, if you know Hipster Mickey you know the, the line they have at Home Goods. that's him gorgeous artwork really cute stuff go check it out uh, he's a hell of an animator or actually he's um, an illustrator not so much an animator he's an illustrator but really tremendous artwork you know we got a couple more announcements too for all the listeners if you are looking to join us on our most magical five segment or you want to win some prizes in our disney dollar game which will be returning in the fall then hit us up on our instagram and that's gonna be at the disney underground also make sure you tune into our special episode that will air on august 22nd which is a sunday and we'll be talking to disney legend kat crescetta about some disney history her battle with cancer and the big event she's doing with give kids the world so it's gonna be a special sunday event on august 22nd and then let's also guys want to let you know to stay tuned for next week when we'll be joined by Christine Fox who is on Instagram at Keto Fit Gal and uh, for all you keto people out there she's going to be discussing the best places to eat if you want to eat keto in the parks or even just in the springs and uh, it's she's got a, a ton of good information so just stick around for that interview next week she's not new, from New York but she reminds me of back home she's originally from, from Pennsylvania yeah she just reminds me of a New Yorker she's got that New York personality so she's really fun so make sure you Thanks guys name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> make sure you guys come back next week and take a listen to that interview um, and with that, let's say adios to the crew, Joey and Sam. I'll Nick see you six. soon. <laughs> yeah. He's tired. Yeah, but listen, great show. I'm exhausted. I know you are too. I think we all are. It was a long week. I know, and I know you yeah. guys had had a long week, but you know what? Oh, yeah. Tomorrow you get get, get some Disney in you. I'll see you guys and, and uh it'll be fantastic. No, actually, we're looking looking forward to uh you know to coming out tomorrow, getting with you, especially since the last time we were there, it was like you got back. Yeah, it was like yeah, we, and... we kind of like it was like two ships passing in the night. But right. um, so, I wish so Jess was going to be here, but no Jess this week. But, but listen, uh, in September, yeah, in we'll September, yep. Yep. We'll she'll be out Jessa. here. Yeah, she'll be out here. For, in fact, she's actually staying for the whole week. I thought she was only going to come for a couple of days. She's actually staying for a week, so okay. I can't wait. Well, I'm, I'm going to go there, and then I'm going to come back. She's going to come back. We'll come back together. So yeah, so that's that. You're coming. You're coming to studios with us on uh, Sunday, right? Yes. Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 I'm all okay. set for that. But yeah, so pray, I will see pray you guys for good soon. weather, bud. Pray for good weather. It'll rain. It always does. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but, yeah. but anyway. So let's kick it over to our besters of the Midwesterners, Dan and Steph, the stars of the show. Bye. Well, we won't be joining you guys. Yeah, it's no. depressing. We're it is very sorry. We're going to That's see okay. Jess on Saturday, though. We get in at about uh, 10 a.m. 10.30. 
10 30. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Make sure you feed the peacocks. We got a lot yeah. of yard work to do. Blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That's what you guys got. It. You guys got a fruit salad coming. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <Be> pre-made <laughs> fruit oh. cocktail. Remember that? Yeah. You don't hear much about fruit cocktail. No, you anymore. don't. You don't. Mm-hmm. Del Monte. It was like Del Monte made it. Remember Del Monte yeah. cocktail? Yeah. Yep. It's no Chef Boyardee. <laughs> No, yeah. <laughs> let me tell you something. I'll never, I'll never let her live that one down. Chef like Boyardee. Chef when you, I, I live in New York, man. Like she could have gone. That's why I can't even believe they have that at the grocery store. Like who's buying it in New York? Why would you? I don't get it. I don't either. Anyway, I'm- hey, Dan and I have an Instagram rock and roll DW. Come check us out, please. <laughs> <laughs> For a smile, and chuckle, and have a rip roaring day. Please, Adios, guys. Please send help. <laughs> Someone, Joey and Sam, Joey and Sam, again, you got, you did say your ears, man. You can check us out on Instagram at JSA creation. So it's C-R-3-D-T-I-O-N-S. There you go. Yeah. Go check him out. We guys. Got, got Halloween line coming. Uh, you know what? Before we get out of here too, I just want to say uh, a rest in peace to uh, to Richard Trumka from the Teamsters. He passed away last week, had a heart attack at 72. I don't know who's familiar with Richard Trumka, but a uh, hell of a union leader. So I just want to say rest in peace to him as well. I meant to say it earlier and we got sidetracked. But um, but with that, let's get out of here. My name is Gene. You can reach me at on Instagram at the underscore magical underscore lifestyle. And uh, with that, guys, have a great today. I bet it's tomorrow. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>